Righto, trendsetters, rug up with us this winter. Next merch drop coming in hot. 14th of May, Tuesday, 6pm at alphablokes.com.au. We've got our two hoodie designs. These designs won't be coming back. We've got a light colour. We've got a dark colour. These things are unreal. We can't wait for you to start wearing them around the flats and rugging up next to the fire. 6pm, Tuesday, 14th of May. Don't miss out. Cure them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, thigh slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologise to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f*** he wants. Welcome back to another episode of the Alpha Blokes podcast. Here to give the everyday battler a voice, delete head noise, one laugh at a time. Currently deleting some better beer stubbies, actually. The zero-carb stubs, quite nice out of the glass. So cheers, boys. Everything's better out of the glass. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And um, look, we've been keen as to do an episode about cooking, smoking and barbecue for ages now. And we finally lined up a legend to come on and share a bit of his knowledge and experience with us. So today's guest, John Austin, uh, Army veteran and owner of the Aussie Q Barbecue Channel. How are you going, legend? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having us aboard, legend. Yeah, no worries. Hey, just before we rip in, I was just thinking, like, while we're sitting here, um, it's a shout-out to the truckies. Because I drove about eight hours here, and do you know how many times my fucking chessboard has been activated on the way up here from, you know, spandex where it's cutting in front of me, we're going oh. so far up my ass that they're going to give me a fucking, you know, a prostate exam. Like, it is insane. So I just don't know how the hell they do these kind of eight, 12-hour drives every day, day in, day out. So well, shout out to them, mate. Yeah, oh, mate, 100%. Definitely. And it's more this time of year too, school yeah. holidays. Oh, yeah. Like, if there's a time you do not want to be on the road, it's fucking school holiday time. And these poor bastards are doing <laughs> it for a job. They are. It's just, it started today, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So you I feel like, like I was so getting yeah, pumped the yeah, whole way. Yeah, you would have been And I had a car that could actually overtake things, and oh, holy hell. Shit timing to line you up, mate. <laughs> Just set you up for fucking the worst day ever. Just sweating bullets the whole way here. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> but, mate, cooking and barbecue seems mm-hmm. to be a big thing that's more and more, like, blokes are diving into yeah. nowadays, um, which is fucking great to see. Like, how did you sort of start in that, you know, yeah, game? Yeah, I guess... The cooking stuff sort of probably started from a nan. Like, yeah, most nans are always jets at cooking. Oh, legends. So, yeah, yeah absolute legends. Alpha females. Yeah. And then growing up, you know, watched her cooking and all that sort of good stuff. Um, the old man, he had the old stock, you know, four to six burner 
gas barbecue, you know, just a flat top, no yep. cover, no nothing, probably 100 bucks back in the day from Kmart or something like that. Mm. Um, so I watched him sort of cook barbecue, but then it kicked off for me, I would say, oh, maybe the second year I joined the Army, so about 20-odd years ago. Yep. Um, and the big thing we'd always do, Friday, Saturday night, like fucking anyone, we'd get on the fucking cans like real hard. Yep. But, you know, because, you know, cheating was eating and that kind of, yeah. you know, that kind of deal, especially, you know, back 20 years ago. I was um I was a bit of a pussy. I thought, no, nah, I want something to eat. So I bought my own six burner barbecue, and I guess that's where the the whole journey sort of started from. Where the dream started. Yeah, exactly. What right. was it, mate? What do you remember? What it was? Absolutely no fucking. <laughs> do you know how many drinks was nailed while we were cooking on that thing? Like, ridiculous. Got through its work. Yeah, exactly right. It, it got to work. But how many of those things are just cemented in like establishments and that the old flat fucking six or so burner yeah. that just yeah. has cooked fucking. Thousands of snags. Yeah, it's usually migrated from, you know, dad's place, getting pumped with lamb four-quarter chops, snags, yeah. all that sort of good yeah. stuff. And then it goes down to, like, the local footy club, whatever it is, netball club, instead of just get absolutely drilled there and then it, you know, falls to pieces. Man, I think that that's what the, where the best flavour comes from too, those plates. Yeah, oh, yeah they've been well... some fucking shit. Well seasoned. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Heaps of beers fucking seasoned that bad boy in, that's for sure. For sure. Mate, you said into the army scene. Yep. Can you run us through a bit about that? Like, did you go straight into the army from school or how how'd that all come about, mate? Yeah, yeah. So um, I finished school at the end of year 11. Yep. Was not keen on it at all. <laughs> uh, anyway, I don't, I don't know where it all come from, but one day I literally decided, right, I want to do my bit from the country, want to join the army. Yep. I uh, went down to recruiting. This is in WA in Perth, thinking I could just steam in and, you know, that's me done. They're like, No. You haven't got the grades, you don't meet the maths, English, and I think yeah, it was physics right. at the time. Because I was thinking I'm going to be an officer. And I went, righto, what do I do about this? And they said, yeah, you've got to go back to school. And it gets stuffed. Like I just left early, yeah. had this wagon, all that sort of good stuff. Um, anyway, I went back. I did year, a compressed year 11, year 12 at TAFE, smashed that into six months, came back to recruiting, said, righto, I've got the grades. Let's, let's fucking go. And it sort of rolled on from there. And um, Fast forward to September 11, 2001. That was the day I was meant to enlist. Um, because of all the shit that was going on, obviously, around the world, yeah. particularly in America, no one knew what was going on. They canned it and they pushed it back a week to the 18th of September, 2001. So that's when I joined the army. Yeah, right. Yeah. Pretty wild time to join. Oh, you can imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my ass, I was puckering five cent, 50 cent, going, holy fuck, you know, what have I fucking got myself into here? Yeah. yeah. That would have been a fucking hectic time, man. <laughs> it was. Yeah. What, what was it like, like the stages from when you signed up? Yep. Like, where did you go and what was the experience like for you? Yeah, so I left home 18th of September, then rolled down to Wagga Wagga. That's Kapuka, that's sort of they call it the home of the soldier. That's where, and if you don't know, you've got soldiers and officers, the two different streams. If you can yep. think, Soldiers that are like the, the blue-collar workers doing the manual label, that sort of stuff. I'm not saying officers don't, but, you know, we'll just say that. Yeah. And they're the white-collar. <coughs> so I went down there for seven weeks, did my basic training, got through all that sort of stuff. And then from there you go to your IETs, which is like your employment training, sort of like doing your TAFE course, I guess. That's the best way to sort of – that's your best analogy for it. Um, mm. And I did infantry, so that's your combat soldier. So blowing up stuff, shooting stuff. That's how they sold it to me, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. originally I wanted to be a combat engineer, you know, do engineering yeah, right. stuff. And they said, oh, you've got 18 month waiting list. I'm like, yeah, stuff that I want to join now and do yep. a bit right now. So, yeah, went down, to, went to Singleton, sorry, up to Singleton, did my, I think it was about 10, 12 weeks at the time, learned how to shoot things, kill things, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, post up to Townsville, and that's where it all sort of kicked off in terms of me 
smash and piss and beers and all that sort of good stuff. <laughs> yeah, Smashing right. other things too, but the missus might be listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2001. Stakes, of course. Was that? Yeah. That's Stakes. obviously yeah. pre-9-11. So was it the Timor War 2001? No, that was literally 9-11. Yeah, yeah. smack on. 2001. 2001. 2001. Yeah. Fuck. So September 11th. I thought 11th, it was like the actual day. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking loose, man. Yeah. Far out. I was due that morning to go into the recruiting and sign all the paperwork and stuff. And I and I got canned, and I just remember that day specifically sitting there watching it on TV, going, "Holy fuck! Like, what is happening right now?" Yeah. And right. a week later, I was going off and start training. It was one of those things, eh, that you just like. I can't remember it obviously, but too well. I was very pretty young, fucking back then. Yeah, him and I. But I mean, one of those would have been one of those moments that you'll never forget, like where you were when it was going down, right, for yourself or something. Yeah, big time. Like that exact moment, like I was saying, I was just watching TV. And I, just, and I remember it clearly, I think it was, I don't know if you've heard of Rove, he's a comedian. Yeah. Yeah, he was on, his show was on, and I remember him sort of like touching his ear and go, obviously something was getting said to him, yeah, this is what's happened. Then this banner came along the bottom and said, oh, a plane has crashed into one of the Twin Towers. And I was like, oh, in my head thinking Cessna, you don't think anything of it. Yeah. And then, I know maybe five minutes later, touched his ear again, obviously they were talking to him, and cut, gone, bang, and then it just... Cut to the one of the towers with a plane crashing Crash, into yeah. it. And that's what, yeah, I remember yeah. We were all homesick and we we're just on the couches watching it all day. Yeah. I was like, yeah. holy! I think I remember like mum and dad talking about it and stuff, but still pretty like faded sort of thing. Obviously, yeah. being primary school sort of back then, but yeah, those few <coughs> events that happen in the world that are just such a big thing, eh? And changed the way the world worked for a long for a long time, or probably still is. Well, yeah, exactly right. It's, the whole world sort of gravitated around what was going on there and Australia included. We were there within six months, not me personally, but, yeah, the whole army of the whole country sort of geared up for it. Yeah. It was just a wild time to especially, – especially joining the army. Well, I was going to say – Was there you, tension when you first joined too? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, it was difficult for me because I just joined the army, so I'm getting fucking ear-raped by dudes you know, yelling at me anyway. So I couldn't really tell. It wasn't until I left yeah. and then I could, you know, I started to learn all the procedures and all the things that normally would happen. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I was wondering why there was you know, guys at the front gate with weapons when they normally wouldn't, all that sort of stuff. So obviously the people that had been in the army for a while, they, they, they were peaking. Because were yeah. you like, obviously you were already going to join. Yep. But that event happening, how many more people wanted to come and join purely for like a, like a get back on that sort of thing, do you think? Was there a spike in numbers trying to join? In Australia, probably not. Maybe to a certain extent. I think it's more America because they were yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, directly hit. That was their backyard. You can imagine if that happened to Australia, oh, right, Sydney, right. for you know, yeah, for argument's sake. But yeah, there's definitely guys that joined up. You know, say within that 12 months, and they'll tell you this is why I joined up. So yeah, yeah definitely had an effect within mm. Australia for sure. What was the biggest thing for you? You reckon that you found that was like a bit of a shock to the system in your training? Um, 16 hour days, um, learning how to snap off my shit in. Fucking quick time. Oh, I, I, I struggle with that. I didn't shit for two weeks. True. I was literally shitting myself, like no pun intended. I was that scared that I'm going to have to snap my shit off because they gave us a brief, you know, these are, all the diff- these are the rules basically. This is how you're going to operate 16-hour days. This is what's going to happen. And I didn't do a shit for, yeah, a good 10, 12 days, something like oh, that. Fuck. It was around that two-week mark. That was probably the biggest shock to the system, not being able to just go to the toilet, jerk off, whatever I had to do. You True. Know? So yeah. you just had to be there, like present sort of thing all the time. Yeah, because at any moment, anything could happen. You know, we've obviously got training you know, from yeah, 6 a.m. Yeah. through to 10 p.m. There's all stuff lined up, but there might be 40 minutes here and there where you're in your room, 
polishing your fucking brass, all that shit. And even then I was like, oh, if I go for shit right now, what if I have to fucking snap it off? Mm. Yeah, fucking shit jocks, that's not happening. Mate, I thought yeah. it was only women who could hold a shit for two weeks. No, I fucking did. Yeah, well, good Fuck. on you. It's like, <laughs> it's you know, fucking, any more days you would have died, wouldn't you? <laughs> I reckon. But it's funny, talking about, fuck, this is fucking weird, yeah, but talking about fucking shits, one of the highlights, and out of all the things that did in that basic training package was someone shitting. I fucking kid you not. <laughs> I never forget it. Someone just shit and had like a small baby's arm. Oh. And this is about 11 o'clock at night, and all these, oi, fucking, come. it's called SALs, which is the shitters. <laughs> come to the SALs. Everyone comes steaming out of the room because, you know, we've been knocked off. Everyone's in their PJs and stuff. And there it is, this fucking log, just submersible out of the fucking water. And we're all just like, what the fuck? How funny is How's that? that? Oh, mate, just so proud of his poo that he's got the whole rest of the boys and everyone else is just as pumped. Yeah! <laughs> no, but that's the thing. It was, oh. a, fucking, it was a fucking phantom shitter. Oh. It was just the, well, maybe the person who discovered it. I don't know, but yeah. Oh, true. So he yeah, discovered no one admitted it. it. Because it was that big. I'm like, that did not come out of him. I'm not. He was probably at the exaggerating. Tent, it was a, it was a small baby's arm. He's probably getting stitched up. It was fucking wild. It probably was him. Now I think back at it. Oh, yeah. no, that's fucking funny, man. <laughs> that Good was shit. one of my highlights. For shit. <laughs> what about mate? Where have you been in the last sort of twenty years yep. in the army? What's some of the places you've been to and things you've experienced? Yeah, so operationally, like deployments, I've been to Afghan twice, um, Timor twice, Solomon Islands when it was an operation. So they're the deployments I've had. Then I've been to America for training, um, been to Papua New Guinea a couple of times. But yeah, operational-wise, the first one was Timor. So I went there when I was, I think, 23 or something like that. Yeah, That was when when I was infantry, Did went there for six months, come back, um, had a baby with the missus. Well, well, actually, the baby was born while I was over there. Then I came back. Oh, really? Yeah, so that was actually that was a bit hectic. Oh, I mm. imagine, man. Yeah, that was a bit wild. Um, yeah, came back. Then first first deployment to Afghan was two thousand and eight. So I went over there for I think it was about seven months or so. Wow, something like that. So that was the first I say hectic deployment because you know, there's a lot of shit going on over there. Yeah. Timor was a bit sketchy at the start, but it was in you know comparison sake, it was pretty chilled. I would say. Mm. Yeah, Afghan was. Pretty much the first wild one. Mate, when you're leading up to something like that, like I know it's your job and you probably got told that you were going and stuff like that, but how's the feeling inside you? Because me thinking about that, I'm going, holy fuck that. But are you going, this is what I've trained for? Like this is my job, I'm keen to go? Is that... You know what, I was fucking thinking about that driving up here, right? And I had a little bit of nerves and stuff. going, oh, fuck. I haven't been on a live podcast before. And that. I was, mm. then I thought to my first... Deployment to Afghanistan where, you know, shit's hitting the fucking all the time. I thought, I was I'm more nervous now than I was in Afghan. Afghan, I was 100% like, been training yeah. at that point for seven odd years, you know, and specifically for about four months before that deployment. So I was just pumped. I just wanted to get in there, do my bit. Yeah, Didn't know, literally no nerves at all. Other really? than probably leaving the family. That's what I was more worried about because, yeah. yeah, the missus then has to take over fucking everything. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely just pumped, ready to rock well, and roll. That's crazy to think of that mentality you have yeah. and that's what you're going to do right yeah exactly right and i suppose when you got there was there any sort of shock and change of what you thought it'd be like um not really like yeah you get obviously in you know in a comfortable situation there's fucking rockets coming in bullets every now and then all that sort of you know normal shit but yeah you expect it that's what you train for mm. you know you've got all your drills down pat and your mates around you it's probably the bit the biggest thing like any workplace you're trusting those guys and girls for me right directly around you so you sort of trust them to get you through and vice versa so it wasn't like a a big culture shock or anything we trained for it yeah mm. there's obviously a few weird things that would fucking happen over there did what about the <laughs> um, did you know how long your employment would be 
Um, well, you get a, usually a, you know, a rough sort of guess. You get told it's usually six months, eight months, but it's you know you go into the other side of the world, anything fuck can happen. Can happen so, yeah. but generally speaking, you know, you know roughly. Like, That'd be my biggest head noise telling the missus. I don't yeah. know when I'm going to be yeah. back. And the mm. worst thing was like if something happened, like a serious incident, or whatever, they would just cut all communication. So we had a code word. I said, "Oh, there's presents coming in because it was coming up to Christmas, meaning there's rockets or something like that." So I just said, "The missus, oh yeah, we've got presents coming." And then within you know a few seconds, they would just cut all comms. Yeah, so right. that was yeah. Thinking of the missus, like yeah, talking about right. head noise, that was big because I was thinking, "Fuck, you know, I might not be able to talk to her for another." 48 hours or something she's just all she knows is some shit's fucking gone down and that's about wow. it yeah Fire. so it'd be pretty important for you wouldn't it man like we talk about working away as in in workers camps and shit like that where mm-hmm. a lot less stressful environment sort of thing would it make it pretty important for you guys when you're deployed like that um t- to be good with the other people in your group like as in to be with each other and support each other and shit yeah 100 percent. i mean like it's exactly like any other workplace. You always have fucking idiots that you don't get along with. I might be the idiot that time. Who, who fucking knows? But mm. you know, generally speaking, there's that professional understanding that comes first. You're like, fuck, right, this is my mates. This is what we got to do. This is how we got to look after each other. And that's not just physically. That's fucking mentally as well. You know, you're there for such a fucking long time. Mm. Like you go out of your brain sometimes. If you, you know, when you haven't had a, a day off or a break for on that first trip was seven months straight without a day off. It's you know, it gets pretty wild. But mm. Yeah, like in any like any workplace, you definitely have some fucking arguments and oh, kick yeah, up and sure. stuff. Yeah, I fucking threw my fucking toys out of the cot a few fucking times. Yeah, I can imagine, bro. Yeah. Would you um when you have a day off over there too? Like, I imagine a day off here or something where you go get on the piss. Like, is it a thing where you have a few beers in the camp or do you start cooking or what do you like? Nah, so you're on the dry. <laughs> So yeah, no, right. no, no piss. So no that's piss. fucking wild on itself, you know. Yeah. Especially for smacking back drinks, you know, every Friday, Saturday night, Sunday, mm. Monday, whatever the case may be back in Australia, to go to absolutely nothing as a release, that's that's a fucking that's a big one. Wow, I didn't know that, eh? I yeah, thought no, they might zero. have had like a couple you could have or something or Well, in saying that, if it's Anzac Day, Christmas, maybe one other day, but definitely those two, you can have one drink. And that's wow. it. And it's pretty regulated, as you know. You imagine yeah. we would want to fuck. We want to get on it, mm. yeah. but if shit fucking happens, then we're in trouble because we're fucking half cut. Yeah, that's right. So, bit of bravery, juice probably wouldn't be the best idea in that situation. <laughs> no, nah, nah, that's it. So. Fuck you. What have felt good, but not being on the piss, <laughs> like fitness wise and everything else. Oh yeah, you're, you're about as clean as you can fucking get. Yeah, yeah. And when you're not working, so to speak, you're like you just like you're in the gym pumping fucking weights and all that sort of stuff, yep. eating better than you probably ever had because you sort of get dictated this is the food you've got not smashing junk food and, mm. and not piss so mate like obviously you would have saw some pretty wild things over there like you're talking seven months so you probably get into a bit of a routine of life and everyday life sort of after yeah. that long what's it like when you get back home to normality and the family and that is it a bit of a shock to the system like take a bit to get used to going to sleep at night and shit like that yeah it is i'll i'll comment on my first Afghan trip, because that was more the wild trip. Not that I was, you know, compared to other blokes and stuff, they were fucking in the thick of it. Yeah, I was. I'd say, yeah, you eighty know, percent of the time, I was, you know, I was pretty good. I was pretty relaxed. Because at that time, I wasn't infantry anymore, so I wasn't doing the combat roles out, you know, fucking in the thick of it, all that sort of good stuff. Um, but even still, just simple stuff like driving on the road. I got into the car and I was like, fuck, what do I do? I'm used to being in. It's a PMV, so it's like an armored vehicle. Big. We own the road pretty much. We can almost yep. do, you know, with whatever we want kind of deal. And I was like, right, I, I don't have that luxury. I'm now driving on the left side of the road. Like, fuck, this is a fucking, this is some head noise. And yep. I just said, nah, to the missus, can you fucking take over for a couple of days? Let me sort of ease into it. Yep. Um, 
sleeping, not too bad. It was just more different because we're, you know, I'm now in a king size bed back home. It's comfortable. I'm going, fucking hell. What's going on here? Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So that was yeah. pretty wild. But generally speaking, like, it wasn't too bad. And at the time I had three houses all in a row and three of three of us males all deployed. We were all in the same unit in Perth. Oh, really? Yeah, so we all deployed on the same time. We all came back roughly the same time. So we were having like, you know, fucking piss ups at each other's houses with the missus and all that sort of good stuff. So we could sort of oh, ease back into it. That's yeah, good, man. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That made a huge difference. Like, oh. I reckon it'd be tough. Especially some of the guys that you know been over there and seen some real shit, and then come mm. back and it's just them. Just if they've got no misses, no family, whatever, I think that'd and be harder. I suppose no one they can relate to as well. Where are you yeah. at least talking to lads who you at least know that they understand where you're coming from, eh? Exactly right. And you sort of take some of the stuff for granted. Bargains, and I'll give you an example. So my next door neighbour Spaniard because he was a fucking wild unit. We called him Spaniard. Anyway, there's one time we're sitting on quad bikes, and we hear this whoop, whoop, sound. What the fuck is that? And we're talking about it exactly how I am now. We're almost reliving the tale. My missus is sitting in front of me. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? And he goes, mm, fuck if I know. And at that particular point, we just had our pistols, so we didn't have our long arms, which is, yeah, our rifles. And we were probably, I don't know, maybe five, 800 metres back. Well, I call it camp, but it's called a forward operating base. So we just call it camp. That's probably the easiest way to look at it. Anyway, and it got louder. It's got the crack thump of the round going over your head, essentially. And we're like, holy fuck, we've been fucking shot at. Oh, so we dive behind these fucking quad bikes and we're looking at each other going, what the fuck do we do? We've got pistols. How the fuck are we going to do anything? We can't see where the fuck are these pricks are from. And it was like, you know, those stunt fucking riders that ride the horses and they like hang off the side yeah, and they sort of yeah. drag along. Yeah. It's exactly what it was like on my quad. Fucking reholstered the pistol, gun the fucking quad. And I'm literally dragging over and they just throwing me leg over the other side. And then we busted about 500 metres. And they had these things called Aslav, six-wheeled fucking armoured units. They got... Um, thermal detection and all that sort of stuff. So we went over to them and said, hey, this is roughly the direction that we've just been shot at. Go over, look. They couldn't find them. So these fuckers must have been kilometres away just taking you know, cherry shots, pop shops at us. And But at the time, we are just like, pretty relaxed about it, really. Yeah. What's and that? then the missus, what, like, what I, we said in our, you know, between each other, the missus sitting right there just going, staring at me. I'm like, what? Did you just see what you just fucking said? I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, oh, holy, holy fuck. fuck. Yeah. Didn't hear the end of it for about a month after that. She's like, what are you telling me that? Yeah. yeah. Save the other yarns for when she wasn't there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck it, no. no, that it's pretty wild, though, like you just said then, getting accustomed to it. New boys are just talking about it like normal. Yeah. And then someone like us who, yeah. you know, that had never happened sort of here. It's, yeah. it's pretty wild to think about, eh? Yeah, it's pretty – and that's what I was – I was pretty lucky having those, you know, the three dudes, all of us houses. So, And it wasn't just us that had the sport network. It's the, the family. Like the family yeah. is a – or whatever you've got at home, yeah, they're the biggest part of being a soldier or airman mm. or sailor or whatever you are. So, you know, it's good to have – I was just very, very lucky to have those three houses in a row where all of them, the partners could get together while we're away and then, you know, vice versa, we could come back and have a yarn and get on the cans, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Nice. That's right. When you've been over there in that environment and then someone's whinging to you about their day or something back here, and you're going, you don't know what I've just been through. It's fucking funny you say that, like, especially after you get back from a deployment. Everything else just seems pretty, like, pretty chilled. You know, there's no consequence. You're going, fuck, people are whinging about the crazy shit. Not that I don't. Of course yeah, I do. Yeah. Of course I have a whinge. But, yeah, at least that probably that first month or so is adjusting back. You don't have anything to whinge about because you can eat whenever you want. Eat whatever you want. Shit. You can drink. You can shit that and to snap it off or worry about presents yeah. fucking raining in, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty wild, mate, to think about like that, eh? Yeah. Um, you've been in the industry for like 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. 
How have you found, has it changed much since you first got into now? Like oh. the fucking world has changed massively in 20 yeah. years, but how is it in that industry? I, and like I, like I keep saying, uh, I think it's like every industry, it's changed massively, 21 years. Um, my son probably disagrees because he's also in the army, but I'd say it's got a little bit more relaxed in a lot of, in a lot of ways, just like I'd argue any industry, whether, whether you're a chef, you're a fucking chippy, whatever. I, we used to get literally smashed, like physically at the start, and then it sort of petered off after that. But it was, it was pretty fucking hectic. So I guess in that regard, it's changed. But in saying that, though, I would say that the soldiers now are smarter, 100% than when I, when I first joined. That's yeah. no shadow of a doubt. You're either where I grew up, in a, you know, I was in a dodgy sort of neighbourhood in Perth, out of suburb kind of thing. You're either a tradie might have joined the army, you weren't working like that. That was sort of like the, mm. the thing and you weren't finishing year 12. Yeah. So I'd say the you know, soldiers and probably like any industry, they're lots, I feel like they're smarter now. That's my opinion anyway. It, yeah. It'd be a hard one, wouldn't it? Because like a lot of other industries, you don't need to be resilient and tough sort of thing, you know, where if you're training to go and fucking fight a war or like a gunfight with someone or potentially have to kill someone, yeah. like – you can't be soft or something like that, right? So, like, it comes to a point where surely you've got to be, I don't know, on par with how people feel and shit, but also you need to, like, train people to be fucking oh, killers yeah. pretty much, don't you? Like, it's it, a fucking hard one to balance. Like, hats off, especially to, like, the, the Special Forces guys. They are in the fucking thick of it, right? They'll yeah. be going from, you know, potentially shooting someone in the face to where yeah. they're dealing with some other civilian where they've got to actually provide medical care, they might be training them. Like, it's just so... Fucking hectic. Like, yeah. Those guys and girls, are, yeah, fucking hats off to them because that's a whole other fucking level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shift from fucking being at the pointy end, so to speak, to integrating with the community, doing whatever you have to do. Mm. So that's... Yeah, it is pretty fucking wild when you think about it like that, yeah. Mm. Did that ever interest you to go down that path? Um, I think I fucking was on the piss too much. I'll be perfectly honest. Like, I mm. was a wreck. Probably... With, First five years, train yep. hard, and as soon as we knocked off, we're like, boys, we're on it. Yep. So I, did, I guess I didn't have that focus. When I see now that my mates that did go through special forces, you know, especially in that first sort of four or five years when you're a bit younger and you know, your, your knees are more resilient and all that sort of stuff, yep. the guys that did get through, they, they, were just, they weren't out in the piss as much as us, you know, doing that sort of, they weren't playing up like what we yep. used to, that's for sure. So it sort of it entered my brain, but not really, and then I went there to Perth, special forces, for about five years. As a support staff, so I was running all the logistics and all that sort of stuff for them. And yeah, so hats off to those guys because they were oh they were, for sure they were man. fucking in the trenches literally. Is there a bit yeah. more fair bit more money for it? Um, for them guys, yeah. It's like there's a risk. And think fuck. think of going to the mines. You obviously get paid for being away, but there's also a danger, especially if you're underground. That's right. Yeah, that's my analogy for it. Like yeah, they that's guys a good are, one. They got to train the canasters off. They got higher standards. They're in fucking danger more. So yeah, they get paid a bit more as well. Yeah, yeah, oh, and as they fucking should, man. I couldn't think of a more hectic fucking thing, you know. Absolutely, like, yeah, that'd be insane, mate. Um, so obviously being someone who's right into your cooking, yep. Surely you're a popular bloke around the fucking field you're in, because I couldn't <laughs> think of having a day off and setting someone up at the barbecue and copping some fucking jalapeno poppers or something like that instead of a dirty old unseasoned steak cooked like fuck. That's you right. Know. Yeah, yeah, fucking oath. Like I was saying beforehand, um, I am not shy to come into work at midnight, which I've done before. I'll bring the smoker in, you know, all the gear and all that sort of stuff, and then have lunch up ready for the fucking the boys at you know, at twelve o'clock, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah. And 
they clearly appreciate it. And now, because I've been in 21 years, obviously you've gone through the ranks and, you know, usually you've got other shit on. So I think they appreciate it and that's my way of sort of paying them back as well. It's like fucking, I know you guys are obviously slogging it out harder than I am because I'm now pushing a bit more papers yep. than what those guys are. They're doing yep. more of the manual labour. So, yeah, f- cooking up mad feeds at work obviously goes down an absolute treat. Oh, mate. And I'm even talking like totally different industry, but I'm talking even on a shutdown or something. If you know that there's a barbecue on at like 11 o'clock or something, yeah. everyone hooks in, you go smash a big barbecue, the morale that day, especially around that time, it's just fucking better. Yeah. Like okay. air, across the board. So yeah. like if you're cooking some smick fucking barbecue or a brisket or something, that even that day, you know, I reckon it would just fucking help morale around the whole joint. Yeah, it is funny you say that. Like, yeah, I'll do some of the bigger cooks like brisket and all that sort of stuff. But there's always someone because we got like yeah, you know, like every workplace we got a gasser, we got a gas barbecue ready to rock and roll. Yeah. And like you're talking about morale, fuck me. Like everyone knows, righto, we're gonna knock off early. It's a Friday, fourteen hundred two p.m. We're, we're fucking done, but we're gonna have a barbecue leading up. Like everyone just like lifts. Yeah. You can literally see everyone's eyeballs lighting up. They'll be fucking finishing everything up for the week. You know, prepping for the next week, cleaning whatever has to happen, ready to rock and roll. And you know, as soon as that smell of the barbecue oh. sort of wafts through the building, holy Mate, shit! That onion. Like, as soon as the smell of the onion, onion hits onion the nose, bacon. Like, Whoa, here we go. That's it. It's fucking. Everyone's good just stuff. hunging for it, and they're like, yeah. right. You know, you could get a week's worth of work done in that last two hours. You know, everyone's yep. just pumping. The banter's going. Everyone's on it. Yeah, For sure. It's good. What's so, your roster at the moment? Like doing... Yeah, so look, I work normal hours. So yeah, just, yeah. Like, from 7.30 to about 4, 4.30. That's my average sort of day. Yep. Obviously, stuff can happen. Like if I'm, in, if I'm on call, yeah, I'm working 24 hours, but I'm not really. Like I just work during the day, go home. I just have a phone ready to rock and roll. But other than that, yeah, 7.30 to 4, 4.30. General Monday to, fr- Monday to Friday. So, yeah, yeah. Yep. if nothing's going on, it's pretty good. Like, you get yep. family time and get to cook up mad feeds. That's the main thing that I'm doing in my spare time. For but sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mate, when you started, like, cooking up the feeds and that, when did it become a thought for you that you could start a little side hustle here, something you are passionate in and could build towards? Because having a flick through your, your channel and everything, yep. it's fucking great stuff. And I think yeah, you've cheers. done an awesome job and it's really easy to watch and fun to watch for someone who's interested in the cooking game. So, like, first of all, what's your channel called and how can people see it? And, yeah, how would you get into it? Yeah, so I'm on all the platforms. Like, you know, I'm a slut for everything. Mm. But I guess my main <laughs> platforms would be TikTok and Instagram probably. Yep. Yeah. Aussie underscore Q, BBQ. Yep. Yeah, you'll find me there. Yeah. Um, when it started, in terms of when I thought I could gain some momentum, yeah. 2017, I want to say, I had a mate. They've got a competition barbecue team, um, Smoke and Sappers. And they're engineers, so they're called sappers, right? So, yeah. you know, I just seen this guy flicking through his pages. He was sitting down at the boozer. But I don't know if you know what a boozer is. We drink piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, every yeah. um every army unit's got a boozer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. little bit of part of the culture. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. I saw him fucking flicking through. I'm like, holy shit, you know, what the fuck have you got there? And he said, oh, yeah, I'm part of this competition barbecue team. I said, oh, yeah, I've got a Weber at home. got a gas Weber as well. Like, yeah, I'm pretty keen on that. And then he's like, oh, yeah, when you start – taking photos of your cooks and all that sort of stuff and start uploading it. Yeah, mm. fuck, all right. So within a few weeks, I was taking photos of my first lit, first ever cook on my charcoal weather, which yeah, it looked great in the pictures, but it, fuck, it was shit. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was yeah. like, oh, yeah, good beef ribs. I oh, fucking know it was shit. Oversmoked. It was fucking yeah, not yeah. flash. Yeah, 2017, I guess that's where it sort of yeah, geared off from there. Yep. Um, and it just started taking more and more photos and all that sort of good stuff and – I don't know where it sort of peaked to the point where I could actually do something with it. Yeah. But um, I'd say the defining moment that really sticks out in my head, I was due to go to my third trip to Afghanistan. And that was 
I think it was end of 2019. Anyway, we'd done all the training. Lead up, you know, it was like three months of lead-up training. I was on leave. My gear was on a pallet, on a plane, ready to go. That's how close I was. It was two days away. You get a phone call from the boss. Yeah, we've had, I think it was 17 positions cut. You're one of them. So sorry. Fucking holy fuck. So that just, at that point in time, just ruined me. I was All yeah, I was focused right. on was going over there. Yep. Nothing else you know, really mattered at that particular time. And I'm, I'm sobbing to the missus going, this is fucking bullshit, you know, all that sort of good stuff. And she's like, well, you keep being talking about all these fucking barbecue rub recipes that you've had buried away in your head for fucking months on end. I'm fucking sick of hearing it. Why don't you do something about it? You're going to be at work, just normal hours. What, why don't you crack on from there? Mm. So then I spent probably the, the next six months just rolling through recipes and testing and R&D, like all that sort of good stuff. And at the same time, while I was doing it, I was sending out to content creators on social media and you know, obviously they got – you know, they would tag me and say, oh, yeah, thanks for the, the sample, whatever. And it just yeah. fucking rolled on from there. So, yeah, about that 2019, sort of 2020 sort of period, that's where it sort of kicked off. Without giving your secrets away or whatever, mm. um, what, do you work with a consumer or you mix all your spices up yourself? Nah, fuck. It's probably a stupid move, but we do everything ourselves. Like, this is just the missus and I. So, yeah. Yeah. after all the R&D finished, you know, we were trying to make a decision, go, well, you know, do we commit, get someone to fucking make up these things ourselves commercially like every other Prick does, and we're like, and then I found out the cost, and I was like, holy shit, like you know, five figures to get started. I don't, don't have the coin. Well, how about we just? I know you can hire kitchens, like that's how um, the food trucks fucking roll. Yep. So we can hire a kitchen for two hours, a commercial kitchen. So you meet all the safety standards, make up your rubs, put it in the bottle, and then you can bring it home, do all the admin yourself. Oh yeah. So that's yep. where it sort of like kicked off in that regard. Yeah. So Mrs. and I just do it all ourselves, make it, package it, the whole fucking work. So yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So she's a, she's a fan of me. Oh, well, yeah. mate, that's awesome, though, that you fucking did take the jump and give it a crack, though, right? 100%. Like, as in, instead of sitting there sulking, like, from not being able to go. I sulked for a good six hours, don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, Just screaming and, and carrying on, like, as, literally. As we all fucking yeah. do sometimes, yeah. but I mean, good on you for fucking giving that a crack, you know, yeah, and making that. a positive out of a fucking opportunity. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, with my normal job, it's still fucking busy as fuck and all that, but I've always, I'm just that kind of person that wants to do something extra, I don't, whether it be playing sport, you know, I did MMA for a while, competed in that. But, you know, with rubs, there's always, I can't, I don't know what it is. I just can't sit still just doing the regular thing. So that's, I guess that was just, it was ingrained. It was going to happen anyway. Yeah. That, the missus just gave me the push in the right direction and turned, yeah, like you said, you know, shit story, me fucking crying in the fucking wheat fix to something, you know, pretty good and something to build from there, yeah. Yep. And it sounds like you actually finished what you fucking want to try as well. Yeah, I don't have, Fuck, don't you worry. The missus said, oh, you're fucking doing 10,000 things at once. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's a lot of shit that so I... still... Yeah. 100%, 100%. But yeah, yeah, I'm definitely keen on finishing where I sort of started with most things, you know. Yeah. What sort of products have you got sort of available as well, mate? Like on your side, yeah. if you go off your Instagram or whatever, yeah. what have you got at the moment that people yeah. can get? So I'm a website. So I sell in a couple of butchers and that, but mostly it's all online. Yep. Mainly because I just can't... We, there's only two of us. We just don't have the capacity to make rubs and do all that sort of stuff and get it out to all these different places. So, yeah, we run it all through our website, generally speaking, and we've got five different rubs slash seasonings. Yep. Um, got, I'll make it simple because I like to keep it simple, stupid. That's sort of like my motto yeah. in life. So basically got a red meat rub, a white meat rub. Um, I've got a sort of an all-purpose rub, which is... A, I call it healthier because it's not fucking healthy, but it's healthier than the rest. You know, yeah. a little bit less sugar and salt. It'll be a play on word. Then I got a make and bacon, so you can make bacon. Um, right. And then I got a chicken and chips rub. So that one's quite different to the rest in terms of texture as well. So I've made that a lot finer because, like, when you're seasoning chips, if you put 
thick salt on it, for example, it would just fucking fall off. Yeah. So that's where the chicken and chips came into it. So I, I love it on chicken wings. Like those, what you've said. Oh, you've tried it. Yeah, yeah I put yeah, it on sweet. the chicken wings. Fucking unreal. Yeah, fucking In unreal. the air fryer. Fucking yeah. real good. Yeah, that's fucking good to hear. Yeah, so that one's, yeah, like I said, it's fine. So it can stick to be anything. But yeah, they're the, they're the yeah. rubs that we can get and you can get them through the website and all that. Yeah, awesome, mate. Yeah. Fucking oath. And what about, um, how'd you find it off the bat? Like when you launched it, yeah. I suppose you would have had to use your cooking videos to, to say like, here, this is what I'm using. Go check it out sort of thing. Was it a gradual burn like that or? Um, like I'm a big believer in not just being fucking in your face. This is a, a rub or this is a knife or whatever. Just this is not my style because I don't like watching that kind of advertising. It's just yep. not me. I like just chilled and go. Oh fuck, there's a, a thing in there that, that looks fucking good. Yeah. Um. So I was just making barbecue videos and it didn't even. I would still have, yeah, competitors so to speak, which are mates. Their rubs in mine. And I still I didn't give a shit, but I would also have mine in there. Yeah. Saying, yeah, I'm now using Oz Dirt for argument's sake on a piece of chicken. This is the flavor profile, whatever. You know that, and that would be. <clears throat> no more than three seconds of the entire whatever it is, say one to ten minute video, because yeah. I just thought I'd just show it how I would normally use it and not pump it. And then occasionally you get the DM or the or the uh, comment going, "Oh yeah, what's that fucking rub that I saw you using?" And yeah, yeah. that's just my style anyway. When it comes to sort of getting the message out of there, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, how did you first get introduced to the whole rubs and stuff like that? Because man. I remember, like, back in the day with the oldies, like, before, I suppose, the internet and that come about and a lot of YouTube shit, you know, mum and dad, you might be lucky to get a bit of salt and pepper Fuck. on there, you know, and yeah. and now there's fucking a rub for every type of meat for every type of scenario. You should see my kitchen. Yeah, like, <laughs> the big fella here gets fucking stuck into his work. But, you know, I, lo- I love rubs and that as well, yeah. but... I suppose, yeah. How'd you sort of get into that? Well, yeah, talking about rubs and seasoning, we were at the pinnacle. We had, you know, the Saxa salt and pepper, the real fine shit, mm. tastes like cardboard generally <laughs> yeah. after. That was Saxa. literally where we grew up, so there was no influence fucking there. Mm-hmm. But I think that flavour profile and all that sort of stuff started off my first ever comp barbecue in Port Macquarie. Yeah. Um, I got, you know, I'm a bit of a meat slut, so if someone, you know, needs someone to fucking tag in on one of their comp teams... Yeah, fucking pick me. I'll yeah, do that. Yeah. So I don't have to do all the admin and stuff. I just sort just of come, come, in, in, come in. in like the, the rock star. And I'll give you a hand and yeah. prep and you know, all that sort of shit. Yeah. And because these this particular team, they were hunting. They wanted to get a top 10. It's the biggest barbecue comp outside of the America um, at the time. Um, and obviously they had the very specific flavor profiles. This is how we're doing it. I was like, holy fuck. Like, it really intrigued me of you know, mm. what was going into it. And that's obviously what led up to the, the thing after Afghan. But, yeah, that was really sort of set in stone, like what you can do with different ingredients and all that sort of good stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Competition barbecue, that's where it started. So, Mate, shout out to them. it's fucking unreal to see what people can make from meat in that, eh? And, like, just the barks and shit that get put on things, the juiciness of it. Fucking like, nice. the amount of hours and fucking skills and procedures that are into it is crazy, isn't it? Oh, I mean, you know, you get, like, like every industry, everything is, like, the old... Guys and girls have been around for 30, 40 years. And even still, after me doing it seriously for six years, I'm still learning shit going, fuck. Like you go, whether it be a competition or even just a video, you see some of these fucking old legends cooking up stuff and going, fuck, I've never thought to do that. It might be something really minute. We're going, fucking hell. Yeah. Like how is it that I've been cooking barbecue probably every second day for six, seven years straight? And these, I'm still, still can pick something up. Uh, yeah, it's wild. I think that's awesome, though, isn't it? Yeah, like exactly that. It. That there, because if you find something like that, then you constantly got to have a little challenge and shit for yourself. You know, it's not like you should get bored of it. So no, that yeah, that's fucking absolutely yeah. perfect. You know, when so, do you reckon we started smoking meat in Australia? Like, obviously, it's been huge over the last well five or six years. 
Yeah, it's gone absolutely fucking ape shit. Yeah, like you said, last but five, ten six years. years ago. Well, I think for taste wise, I think for preservation and that it it has been happening for a long time. As in, like smoking it to make jerky to make meat meat last long. Yeah. yeah. But for taste wise and like for what we're doing now, it wouldn't have been that long, would it? Well, you never seen us. Yeah, too many smokers back in the day. Like in Australia specifically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's it's pretty new. Like you would say, I guess it's been more mainstream for probably ten years, and then really fucking, you know, gone off like a fucking frog in a sock. Five, yeah. six years, I would say. And America's yeah. been, you know, well over a hundred years. Obviously, that's where we get our inspiration from, and that's where it all started. Now we're, you know, we're sort of ingrained into it. We're getting our own spin on it, using our own proteins and different, you know, Australian herbs and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, probably yeah, that five to seven year mark, I'd say it's really sort of. Pumped off, yeah. Surely the girls are happy, like, are happy if the husband gets into smoking, right? Smoking meat, put it that way. And um, (laughs) there's a lot of worse shit that your husband could get into. Like, you get to eat the smick thing normally at the end of it instead of, like, him going on the piss or going to play golf. You get fuck all out of golf, ladies. So, you know, you should be pumped when your man gets into smoking. There's a lot of beer drinking too, but smoking meat. Yeah, Ooh, but yeah. still. But at least they're home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's what I keep telling my missus. You know, fucking lucky you have to, you, you know, have me. <laughs> yeah. Boots. You know, I have to, you know, fucking left, right. I've got to duck that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I'll fucking give her a cheeky reminder. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think it's good, mate. Yeah, I guess her, like for me specifically, and it's probably, I guess it's pretty universal. The main thing is the timing. Especially mm. when at home, I'm like, I'm just chilling, yeah. you know, just forgetting about everything else other than the barbecue, essentially. And it's always like the, yeah, it's the, the thing where hits five o'clock and she's like, oh, fucking how long till whatever I'm cooking. Like, don't ask me. There's no don't time. Ask perfection, darling. No, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Ask the digital thermometer. Yeah. It's exactly it. Every time, almost every time. When yeah. is it ready? I don't fucking ask me. It hasn't changed yeah. the last thousand times. It will be ready when it's ready. Yeah. Don't fucking go to bed. Zen. Just yeah. chill. Yeah. <laughs> it, you're not going to go to bed starving or do you want it 80%? Mm. That's, all I, that's all I say. So if she ends up listening to this, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I and the rest time, because like <laughs> yeah, talking exactly, to yeah. talking about it, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. But just to simplify it for people, because I've been looking forward to having this chat with someone like yourself for a while. Because I know even myself, I'm looking to get a new smoker soon. And there'd be a lot of blokes out there, I reckon, who are teetering on the edge of wanting to give it a go, but just fucking don't know because there's so many different options in that and like obviously you got the three types electric gas and charcoal yep like what do you reckon the starting point for a bloke just wanting to have a crack would be a good idea for him man well i guess it depends on um how long is your skirt like if you if you got it for a skirt where are you go pellet smoker nah just fucking i got a couple of mates who got pellet smokers so they know what i'm talking about oh yeah, fuck sure. no. <laughs> i'm yeah, giving yeah. them shit yeah. um if you want to enjoy the art of cooking first off, you want to learn how to manage fire and all that sort of stuff, I'd probably go a charcoal bullet smoker that you might see at Bunnings. Is that like your Weber, Weber kettle sort of style? Nah, no? like, so it's fucking like that. Oh, like yeah. Big the, fucking, okay. big, yeah, big dildo, essentially. Yep. That's the best way oh, to look yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got, you can learn the fire management, you've got the charcoal, using wood, all that sort of stuff. But it's, once you get the master, it's almost set and forget. Now you can put your charcoal in, throw your smoking wood, whether it be cherry, whatever you've got, and then you can sort of let it fucking rip through. And you might get eight to 12 hours out of it. you just got to manage your vents and stuff. That's probably a good balance between learning fire management and ease of use. So yep. a bullet smoke is probably where I start off. Yep. But if you've got absolutely no time whatsoever, yeah. but you want a smoky flavour, that's 100% when I go a pellet smoker. Mm. So I don't own one 
personally, but I've used one on like comp barbecue because yeah. my mates have got them and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You feel every dirty other... when you use one, do you? Yeah, like nah. I'm fucking turning it. Oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. The barbecue god's going to fucking uppercut me here. I guarantee <laughs> I use mine more than some cunt with a fucking charcoal one. I would 100% agree. Yeah. Like that, I want one. That's why I, that. yeah. I, this is my thing. I eventually want both. Like that's where yes. I want to be eventually yeah. because my thing is, Fucking oath, I can see the – like, I'd love to master the fire and cooking it properly and starting it and nailing one, using all the vents and everything. Yep. But I look at the situation i got with the four kids that i got and the life that I have and I go, yeah. hmm, will I get knocked the fuck out if I'm like, nah, doll, got another 10 hours out here, good luck with those four. Probably not the best option. I'll see you at midnight. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So I sort of go, you know, I might get – both eventually, and then when you do get that opportunity to be able to baby it all day, it's just that fucking ease of um, being able to turn it on and then still run around after shit or duck out, you know? 100% on the money, eh? Like, like I've got six different kinds of barbecues right now, and yep. pellet smoke is on my fucking radar. It's the missus, like, you're at capacity. Like, <laughs> yeah. six and no more. Because I had a big rotisserie, yeah. charcoal rotisserie. I had to get rid of that so I could get a new Weber kettle. So it's all six is like some, for some fucking reason. That's Fuck, the magic that's number. Funny. It's funny with blokes <laughs> with everything, eh? Like, you talk about fishing. Yeah. Blokes have got 600 fishing rods, and the missus is up them. Yeah. Here you are with six fucking yeah. smokers. Yeah. Oh, man. Golf. Blokes that have six sets of golf clubs, buggies, all these types of shit. We just love more patters, kind of yeah. yeah, exactly the same thing. But yeah. yeah, pellet grill that is that would definitely be on my fucking hit list. Like if you haven't got the time, but you want that smoky flavour, yeah, mm. you can pour your pellets in. Yeah, obviously you still got to manage it to a certain level. You don't want to just walk away for ten no. hours and hope for the best. Yeah. But and generally that, you speaking, don't want them knowing you can do that either. No, you just like you, you go. Oh, I'm, fuck, I'm tending. I'm tending to the fire. Thanks, ten hours. You won't see me. Yeah, I'm just going to monitor this temp, though. But really, you're fucking ten k's away. You're at the pub. You're looking at your phone, going. Yeah. Temperature's going all right. Fucking sweet. That's yeah, that's yeah. pretty handy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like having that being able to digitally send to your phone, that'd be a big thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I've got, uh, <laughs> got a Bluetooth um, meter probe. That's the brand, meter. And I've got four of them and it comes in a block and it can work via Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Yep. So yep. I've got it with – it's out. the garage is probably, I don't know, seven or eight metres from it. So it connects up to the Wi-Fi, no dramas. Beautiful. Um, regardless of the smoke I'm on, I put it in there. I'm past the point where I need the probes – because I, I got feel and look and just, yeah, because, yeah, yeah, like anything, it's just experience. But I'm a bit of a fucking a barbecue nerd, so I like to know what the meat's doing over that time. Yeah. So I can go, oh, yeah, right, so over that eight hours, this is the, you know, the internal temperature, this is what it did. Enjoy this, the process, mate. Yeah, yeah, fucking know. This yeah, is what yeah. the pit did. Learn, you know, you can learn by just by looking at some data and some graphs and all that. So that's where it comes into handy as well. I like having the pellet grill because at least you know you're going to be fed okay for the night. Yeah. And then you have the kettle to do a bit of a project on. Like if you fuck up, it, yeah. you're not the worst thing ever. Yeah, Like having right. two going. And you can tell the pellet, oh, fuck, I don't want too much fucking smoke today. So you just know unless, you know, shit hits the fan, you're not going to be – it's not going to be over-smoked or something where it, that can happen with a live fire if, you don't yeah. it, if you're not watching it. I reckon at one point in my life, I definitely want to – on a fire charcoal – Thing, nail a brisket. Mm-hmm. I don't reckon the missus would want me to though, because fuck, I'd be crowing. I'd be walking around like a peacock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How good was that, doll? Like you and your pumpkin. Yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when I heard the, the first yeah. heard the pumpkin story, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck, that's me every, at least every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah, She's like, yes, you've it. cooked a brisket 754 times. I get it. You're yeah. happy with it. Like, yeah. And, you know, then you use the leftovers and make brisket cheeseburger pies. And she's like, right, I. 
you don't need a comment. Yeah. I know it's going to be good. Actually, the pie, down. you need to talk the big man into um, what he should run with his pies, mate, because I, I got him a pie maker the other day. Ooh. Yeah, I want to do the brisket pies. Yeah, what's your sort of, what sort of pie maker you got? Is it a deep dish? Uh, I don't know. I'm but not sure. If you, I think it's, I don't know, what other sunbeam, is it? Yeah, fucking cock size, how you... What are you talking? Oh, probably chow size. Yeah. No, right. I, don't, I don't know, mate. I don't know. It was a decent yeah. one. Like, we got, got yeah. a decent one. The reason I ask that, because then it comes down to getting a little bit technical, but cutting the brisket, you know, your leftover brisket, for argument's sake, into when you're cubing it. Oh, you don't yeah. want it too big, obviously, in a, in a little pie. It's just not going to fucking work. Mm. Does anyone mince it? Brisket? Like, to put into pies once it's cooked? Uh, not really, nah. Definitely raw, 100%, because that's where brisket was used for. Was brisket. That's right, yeah. Mince back in the day, you know. Yeah. would have. Co- but no one would do it cooked to put in a pie, would they? Nah, no. Nah, nah. You're normally chopping it up in you chunks. You want the chunks, yeah. Yeah, because you've got a little bit of the bark on there, like a bit of that flavour, the smoker, you know, all that sort of good stuff. Yeah. But um, in terms of using your leftover briskets, so for me, pies is like, that's my big thing, especially if you've got a pie maker. You, know, you don't have to sit there and fucking make pastry from scratch. You use mm. it, you know, your short crust for the, the sides of the pie and then you just puff for the top. Um, just something simple, put the, the brisket into a pot. Um, you can use like a brisket au jus, so all the drippings and stuff from your yep. brisket. You can use oh. beef stock, onions, garlic, all that sort of stuff, carrots. You don't have mm. to go too wild with it, but just those sort of basic ingredients and then maybe throw a little bit of you know, pre-made gravy, you know, just the powder itself, and that will thicken it up. Yeah, you know, yeah. As a, so it'll give a bit of a flavour kick and then um, as opposed to saying using cornstarch, which is a bit yeah. bland. And then when you're hip, happy with that consistency, Brisket's going to be fucking, you know, tender as fuck, and then just bang it into your pie, Patreon, rip on from See, there. Queen, even you'd eat that. Fucking oath, I would. <laughs> <laughs> the cornstarch. Yeah. Run me through that. Is it just a thickening agent? Because it gets exactly popular it. on every fucking video. They're using exactly it in it something. Is. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's to thicken up whatever sauce. So, like a red wine jus would be good yep. for that. Yep. Yeah. Because there's no, so flour does the same thing, but then you get the flavour of the flour. Yeah. So, cornstarch is neutral, so. Do you reckon the restaurants use that for like a Jew or what do you reckon they do to thicken it up? Well, normally restaurant, restaurants have a quite a thin Jew, generally speaking. Yeah, it is. It's not too thick. It's just that, I don't know, what's the fancy word for it? Anglaise or something I should know. Yeah. My brother's head chef, he'd fucking slot me. But yeah, it's usually <laughs> quite thin and very glossy and they don't usually put cornstarch in it. Yeah. Mm. But if you need to rescue something, so to speak, like you got fucking runny as fuck liquid or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. pump a little bit of cornstarch into it. Like beat it up in some water first, some warm water. And then pour it in like that's my biggest thing. Just with the um, flour, don't just throw it into your reduced fucking stock. It's all clumpy. Yeah, go clumpy, and then you just fucking and warm water, not cold, because it's gonna clump anyway. Yeah, go warm water. Now, mate, like a lot of I reckon there's some blokes out there that are fully over the edge. Like as in, if someone still has a gas barbecue, it's like they're a bitch. Like, do yep. you just have a fucking barbecue that you turn on with a gas bottle attached okay. to it that you still cook on? 100%. See, that's good because, like, some people really go over the top where it's like, chill out, champion. It's still all good to cook on a fucking gas barbie, you know? 100%. But, like, my my slap barbecue is, is a gasser. Yeah. It's a six, seven burner Weber, whatever it is. But, you know, that sits up because we've got, a, like, a little fucking townhouse kind of fucking thing that sits up in the balcony and that gets absolutely fucking Pound. raped. Like, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'd say that's probably mostly an every night kind of thing. Yeah. As opposed to sitting inside on the oven, especially when it's summer, you know, fucking stinging my ring out inside. I can just walk straight out, use the gasser, cook steak, whatever the case may be, especially if you get a side burner because then it sort of does everything in one. Yeah, well, you you got the heating element there, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. And then it just for me, that's a big thing. Just getting outside. That's what I enjoy. Yeah. Me too, man. There's something about it for me that there is something going on, something deadly going on, 
if I'm cooking just a piece of meat to go with veggies or something yeah. and I'm cooking it inside, yeah. something's yeah. happening. Like, exactly I don't know right. what it is, but something's fucking going something's on. Something's going wrong. There's a fucking hailstorm outside, yeah. whatever the case Because that's me happy yeah. place too, man. It's yeah. just being outside, fucking just putting some meat on the barbecue with a beer or something. It's a pretty good spot for me. For me, that's like, that is literally letting fucking head noise out. Mm, yeah. Like, um, I started up this thing called hashtag fire up the barbie just to, yeah, because obviously I'm in the mental health space, I guess, because there's obviously a lot of issues that can happen with people in defence. And mm. yes, you go through all the mandatory briefs and, you know, being in for a while, obviously I talk through stuff with, you know, soldiers and stuff at work. I was like, what can I do fucking next? And that you just remind me of that. And I was like, fuck, what do I do to fucking let off steam? I fucking sit around the barbecue, whether it be me, the missus, mates, something like that. So I started up this, you know, hashtag fire up the barbie. If your fucking shit's hitting the fan and it's not that serious to the point where you can just get out, get some fucking oxygen into you, fire up the barbecue and just think about that. And that's that right. only. You don't have to fucking worry about all the stress and all the shit that's going on in your life. Just fire yeah. up your barbie. Get that fucking first little tick in the box. It's sort of like, you know, making your bed in the morning. For sure. Just get that one thing fucking ticked over. For me, that's a big one. That's, right. that's a great idea, brother. Because like we said too, like I found even sometimes out at work, when we started the podcast sort of thing, having that positive thing to put your mind towards just to give yourself a task is good in those situations where you might be bogged down, eh? Yes. And like you said, yep. going outside, turning the barbie on and trying to nail the steak, at yeah. least your brain's active for fucking half an hour or just trying to do something. That's right. And all you're fucking thinking about is that one steak mm. or the, whatever the fuck it is, you know, unless if you've overcooked it and the missus is railing you or the, or the, the <laughs> mister, whatever you got. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's just you have to concentrate on that one single thing. And, yep. you know, you might have a, a drink in your hand. You might not. You might invite your mates over that hour or so. You're literally just sitting around the barbecue. And if you've got a fire going, like every fucking human, you're just sitting there staring at it. Everything mm. else just sort of fades away and you just stare at a fire for the next hour yep. like a zombie. So to me, that's a big thing, yeah. That's awesome, man. And I even like this, the stage where um, people are even, like, making a fire in their backyard and using the camp ovens and shit in their backyard yeah. and getting into all that too. And I'm like, how fucking sick's that? Like, as in just different ways of cooking and fucking around that just keeps you busy for a whole day. Are you, you know? fucking stalking me? I swear. There's that many things. You're like, I literally just fucking did that. I just had a conversation with the missus going, right, I, I want to get a fucking, I want to get a fire out the back, right? She's like, does this sound like a seventh barbecue? It's not a fucking barbecue. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, a fire camp pit. Oven. It's yeah. a fire pit, right? Which yeah. leads me to the fucking camp oven. Because yeah. I want a fire pit, you know, the big shallow ones at about mm. fucking a metre in diameter. So yeah. that's what I want because then it's shallow enough to put the camp oven in. That's just another thing. But it's not a barbecue. No. See, I just, got a, camp, I just yeah. got a fire pit yeah. as well and it's leading to the whole thing that yeah. you can make coals to put on a fucking... Fuck yeah, Because yeah. exactly. I'm just like, why not? If yeah. you can just fuck around, use the coals, and if you're doing nothing for the day, you know, you might as well have that on, you know, a long, slow cooking thing. Yeah, and if, you want to justif- option. and if you want to justify it, just so you can keep warm. Mm. That's, that's what it is. I'm Looks keeping warm. Cold. It just yeah. happens to have a fucking grill that fucking floats over the top. I've got three <laughs> camp ovens ready to rock and roll. I'm going to camp here literally for the next fucking eight hours. That's yeah. what's happening. But, mate, yeah. when did you start? Um, sorry, what was it called again? The st- fire up the grill to start the grill? Uh, fire up the barbie. Fire up the fire barbie. barbie, yeah. When did you start that? This year. So yeah, it's only, only pretty recently. I've been thinking about what I what extra I can do in that yeah. that mental fucking space mm. for, I don't know, maybe two years, off and on going, fuck, we do so much at work already. It's obviously, it's a big part of, you know, who we are and yeah. you know, mental resilience and places to go if you've got fucking, you know, shit's literally hitting the fan, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I was like, what can we do that's not the norm, you know, having the presentations at the start of the year and having guest speakers in 
because it's quite normal for us. And I just wanted to do something out of the normal. And I was thinking, like I said, letting the head noise out. Well, I have a barbecue. That's what I do. So yeah. I started spreading that around work, going, oh, this is fire up the barbie. Like, but just saying those words, not hashtag or anything crap like that. Yeah. Come and look at my page. Just This is what fire up the barbie lads are. If I can let some steam out on the weekends and yeah, go from there. Well, I think it's good too because every, it, it sort of involves everyone. Everyone eats food. Yeah. You know, even if you're firing up something to cook a zucchini, I don't give a fuck. But like as in, you're still out there doing that, you know, to cook a feed. Yeah. And I can tell you right now from experience, I've cooked – for a lot of meat eaters, and it just happened to be a peppering of vegans in that same area, and they're like, oh, fuck, you know, what are you going to cook? And I'll, yeah, well, I can fucking cook for you too. Veggies can go on over the fire, no dramas. They're yeah. Like, you know, obviously it bled into, well, is it going to be on the same grill as the meat? Nah, nah, separate. No, it's a fucking not. They didn't need to know that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah 100%. Doesn't Why does matter. it taste so good? Oh, it's got butter on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking yeah. got my brisket butter on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, yeah. what do you reckon the most difficult thing is to cook that you've had? In terms of a barbecue cut? Yeah. Yeah, brisket. Yeah. Hands down, yeah. Out of all the different, we're talking straight proteins, all mm. the different proteins that are out there, in, especially in the beginning, I had the most dramas with brisket because there's two muscles that make up, you know, being the flat and the point, they're the two different muscles in mm. a brisket. So you got to, they cook at different fucking levels and, you know, one's got fucking a lot of intramuscular fat through it, one doesn't. So that's easily the trickiest um, thing to cook, yeah, I reckon, anyway. Yeah, mate, that's like obviously the pinnacle yeah. for every bloke to want to, like, you know, peacock around the house to the missus. So we oh, yeah. want to try and give them every chance to be able to do that because yeah. if we can help a bloke peacock around the house for a weekend, then I want to do it. Oh, so yeah, what's, right. what's the sort of prep that the boys might need to know that they might not know just chucking it in there? Like, Yeah, I guess it all starts off with the cut itself. Whatever you can afford get you know, the best cut you can afford. Yeah. Obviously, you're not saying going out and spend 30 bucks a kilo, which is expensive for brisket. Get whatever is you know, within your means. But you getting the best cut, easily probably the best advice. You know, you've got a lot more intramuscular fat, which you know, melts into the muscle, all that sort of good stuff. It gives it better mouthfeel. But starting off with a decent cut, that's where I'd crack on from there. Mm. Um, in terms of the, the prep side of things, um, when you're at the supermarket, the butcher, wherever you are, Costco, et cetera, pick your brisket up. And I call it the bend test. It's not just me. This is a you know, pretty universal thing. You're literally bending it to feel the tightness of the muscle itself. And if it's got a lot of bend in it, it means a couple of things. The muscle's probably a little bit looser. And second, it's got a thinner fat cap. Because you, you know, if you've got a real big fat cap, it's just you it's can't fucking trimmer. eat it. It's not that gonna, hard fat. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to render down. Yeah. yeah. So And then you're saving money because you're not trimming fucking fat off, which you might not be utilising for that cook. Yeah. So that's where I'd start off um, from there. That's a good point, eh? You'll see all these blokes in the butchers fucking yeah. bending their briskets around. <laughs> you see me, especially with my butcher, he already knows. He'll just bring out the three bendiest briskets yeah, and yeah. then I just bend those ones. But if I'm going to Costco, like in Ipswich, excuse me, you'll see see me bending everything. I'll grab the pork. I'll be doing this. I've had so many people coming up going, what the fuck? And this big fella come up and just straight up goes, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just doing a fucking bend test. And he's like, Okay, so this is what it is. And then yeah. I just went through and explained to him, holy fuck. I picked two of them up. These are the best ones. He goes, fuck, well, I'll take that one. Yep. So he ended up, I was like, oh, sweet. Just fucking passed on some knowledge to that guy. Yeah. So that's where the prep starts. Just fucking picking the brisket. The fucking Ben test. Yeah, Ben test. And yeah, unreal. Obviously, trimming's a fucking big part as well. Yep. You know, like I said, you don't want too much hard fat. Um, now, with me, I'm a fucking screwdriver. Right? I'm a fucking tight ass. So I'll trim the fat cap down to roughly about a centimetre. And you can generally tell because when you're pushing on the top mm. of the brisket, your finger will sort of push down a little bit, a little bit soft under your finger. 
And when you're slicing from the side, you'll see, obviously, it's, you know, it's around about a centimetre. That's what I generally work off. Yeah. Um, then what I was saying as a tight ass, I'll get the rest of those trimmings of fat, I'll put them into like a little baking tray, and then that will go in with the brisket into the cooker, or you can do it separate in the oven, however you want, and that will render down. That will make tallow, which is oil. Yeah. And I'll put that into like a, you know, these um, mason jars with the clips on top. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I'll pour that straight into that, and then I've got cooking fat. Which That's is just unreal, ultimate man. beef flavour. So yeah. great for spaghetti bolognese. Oh man, it's fucking good for everything. But That's yeah. just I love the idea of that though, is making the most out of shit. And mm-hmm. I suppose the more you get used to it and that and becomes a normality, like having that sort of stuff to cook with, it's fucking yeah. pretty cool to know you've done that yourself as well, right? Yeah, hundred percent. And I guess even instinctively, barbecue came from um, America for people that had no money, right? They were with you know peasants that sort of style. They were taking these secondary cuts, cooking it for eight, 12 hours, whatever, so they could get something decent out of it. Mm. And utilising every last scrap is sort of, I guess, where the history of, well, the American-style barbecue anyway, that, I guess that's where it sort of all come from. And, yeah, for me, I guess, yeah, that tallow and doing all that sort of stuff goes, mm. you know, for me being a Scrooge works out fucking well with utilising every part of that brisket. Yeah. Like, it's like brisket prices. When did they start going up once we learned about this smoking <laughs> yeah. in Australia? Yeah, like it used to be fu- dog fucking food. Yeah, goes fucking mainstream. Like, I would say yeah. a good brisket... When I started out, say 2017, cooking like barbecue, like those big sort of cuts, was probably a decent cut, maybe like 12 bucks a kilo. Yeah. Now a decent brisket, and I'm talking like really good, you know, 30 to 40 a kilo. Yeah. So it's fucking out of control. Unless you've got to, you know, sometimes you get a good butcher and they do their fucking meat drug deals, whatever they do, and then you get something good, really good for 15 bucks, whatever. But mm. probably in the last three years, I'm going to say, it's just gone fucking ape shit yeah and, you know, every second Netflix show is about barbecue so yeah. everyone's learning about it and that's right supply and demand and all that good stuff mate we talked about like we are talking about it last episode or whatever the, about that meat eater show on Netflix mm-hmm. like Stephen Ranella and that and they yeah. get into like all types of animals that they'll eat and yeah. I'm like we're fucking so spoilt here okay. on what we eat have you sort of dabbled in a few different animals or, or meats and that that you've cooked or do you stick to the fucking pretty much the mainstream yeah I've obviously done all the normal stuff like beef chicken yeah. all that sort of thing I guess it's not super unique but I guess the the crazy situation I cooked goat with some Gurkhas um, they're Nepalese soldiers in Afghanistan yeah so I guess wow. that was Did you? it's slightly out of the, the norm yeah. being goat it's not that fucking rare but I guess the whole situation around it yeah um, and where we were like you can't just fucking go leave camp it doesn't work like that like it's a fucking, you know, shit hits the fan kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I see this massive cardboard box and fucking sound coming out. No shit. And this yeah. little hole. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Fucking peek through this hole and there's a fucking goat in there. Yeah. And, you know, one of their, their soldiers, the Gurkhas, came up and you know, said, you know, asked me what I was doing. I said, what the fuck is in here? And he told me it was a goat and they're going to cook it up and make a goat curry. So, yeah, he invited me that night. I don't know where the fuck they got this goat from i don't even didn't even want to ask i yeah. want to know right oh this goat just appeared in this cardboard box <laughs> yeah we cooked up the fucking goat slaughtered it in, in the camp did the whole fucking works and jerks so yeah well it's not super rare i guess that was probably the most unique thing that i've yep. cooked the like, experience around it how'd uh, it go was it, it was right? fucking good yeah? yeah of course it was i had a hand in it yeah yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you tell me the missus like, i didn't do much because yeah. i was actually I just sort of saying yeah off that meat eater they were in hawaii and they shot a dirty old goat and made a goat curry yeah you right. know the same <laughs> fucking thing that you said yeah but um getting back was, to that brisket we yeah. skipped over so obviously um finding a bendy one trimming it yep are we gonna do the full thing how to cook it yeah yeah yeah, yeah 12 yeah. hours let's go <laughs> yeah, 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 nah, but yeah. No, so what, once you've trimmed, yep. The basic steps you've trimmed for me. Then it's obviously seasoning goes next, right? And you can yep. 
season it with whatever, you know, fucking fills your boots. But for me, I like to have a binder. So something that just helps that rub stick a little bit more because it comes back to me being a tight ass again. I don't want any rub or as little as possible just sort of hitting the brisket and falling off. Mm. So I'll put a binder on it to help the rub stick to the meat, whether yep. it be sriracha, mustard there, my two main things. Sometimes I get Vegemite, just mix it up in water to make sort of like a slurry. Yep. Um, and then that gives it a bit of that fucking big, you know, umami kick, that big flavour. Yeah. Because um, I yeah, fucking don't fuck around with it. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. it on there. So I'll put that on whatever binder I'm using. Season it from... Pat, don't rub too, yeah, mate. Hey, yeah, fucking mm, yeah. nice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pat, don't shit, rub. Bro. Save that for the bedroom, mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always six sexual in, innuendo in everything that fucking comes out of my mouth. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You and this bloke will get along real well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate. My but, boss yeah. is always like, oh, I fucking seen you slapping your mate, fucking around with that. Like, oh. yeah. <laughs> Bit embarrassing, but funny at the same time. Yeah. yeah, so binder, season it, and... Getting a little bit technical with the seasoning, yeah. You know, most people say that you know your meat say on the bench, and you, most people have their hand say ten centimeters above with your salt grinder, whatever you're using. But having that sort of fifty to seventy centimeters above the meat, in my opinion, just gives it a nice even coverage. So because the last thing you want it is your seasoning, whatever that may be, just to clump up in that one area. Oh, okay. Because then, if, especially if you've got sugars in your seasoning, that's going to burn because it's just so thick in that particular area, and you, you, you might bite it, and it'll just be you know punch a flavour and then you might have the next bite of brisket or someone else might be having the next bite of brisket and it doesn't have the same flavour. So just a simple thing, 50 to 70 centimetres above, throw yep. your seasoning on and that will give it a nice even coverage. You know, flip it over. You know, if you're fucking seasoning, eating all sides, obviously season all sides, all that sort of good stuff. Um, and then from seasoning, then it goes onto your smoker prep. So that for me, that's where I'll season the piece of meat um, and I'll leave it on the bench. So I guess it's that coming to room temp sort of thing. Not that yep. it, it's gospel, but that's just generally what I'll do. It'll sit there. I'll go down and that's when I'll prep my smoker. Yep. So I hit the smoker up. When it's running clean, blue. it's called blue smoke because when you run a fire really clean, you especially see it in campfires, when you can barely see the smoke and it's just got a faint blue wisp to it. Yep. You know, yep. fuck, that's clean smoke. It's not going to be dirty and acrid and taste like shit. And once mm. the smoke is at that point, on she goes. And, mate, we're fucking really getting into it here. What temp? Depends what you're doing. We're cooking a brisket. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, what are you doing after? How many cans you having? Like, yeah, no, like if you're cooking it really talking, fast, you're in trouble. We're talking the average. Like, if you're ideally cooking yep. a smick brisket, we've gone through the prep. We're fucking ready to go to put it on. What are you prepping your your smoker for the full day? For yeah, maybe like a twelve hour brisket. Yeah, yeah, righto. So, if it's just your normal full packer, which is a full size brisket in that five to say seven eight kilo range. I'm aiming for about 120 to 130 Celsius. That's 250 Fahrenheit or whatever, because I know a lot of people, because they learn off YouTube yeah, and stuff, yeah. a lot of American stuff, that's Fahrenheit. So I'm I'm always crossing over between Fahrenheit. Let's get fucking confusing. Yeah. Well, I probably know Fahrenheit better than Celsius, which is fucking weird. Mm. But yeah, around that 120 to 130 Celsius is roughly the temperature that I'm aiming for. If I've, you know, I haven't got compressed time or whatever, but if I've got the days, that's what I'm aiming for. Pit yep. temp anyway. Will you ever inject yours? Yep. Yep. So... If I'm cooking at home for the missus or whatever or at the boys for work <laughs> or it's some sort of catering thing, no, nah, I won't do it. But when I've competed, 100%, because you're going for that. The you know, the judges are only having that one bite. Yeah. So yeah. you're trying to pack That's everything. Wild, like. hey. One bite. They might have two. Yeah. But, yeah, generally speaking, that one. Yeah, throws, Just the fucking one little. <laughs> out of fucking, yeah, cooking for 24 hours, slaving away, whatever, they're going for like one or two bites. So That's when I would use an injection. So every... Comp team has their own fucking secret recipe and all that sort of stuff. But if you want to try that at home um, without fuck around too much, just get um, a beef stock. Yep. Just a beef stock yep. that doesn't have a lot of sediment in it because it's going to get stuck into your needle. Just a beef stock. Inject it every 
sort of 25 meals or so and then fucking run from there. Yeah, nice. Few, every few hours, you reckon, or what's your No, so you inject, that's part of, that that's would right. be part of the prep phase. Yeah, right. Yep. So inject, then put your rub on, because when you're injecting and you're sort of pulling the needle out, you know, it's fucking squirting everywhere, like it's yep. just hit a main artery, so you don't want that to rub, you rub off, so to speak, yeah. Yep. yeah. Will you spray every 45 with, like, beef stock? It See, that's another another thing. It does depend on the heat. So I use um, a spray or an inject, sorry, um, yeah, I'll use a spray if I think it's getting too hot. So yep. it's, it's mainly to equalise the temperature. That's all it's for. It doesn't really impart any flavour. Because you want that cetera. bark on it, don't you? Yeah. Like the bark yeah. to set yeah, for you want a, a nice, few hours, is well, it? To me, that's how I like brisket. Yeah. Or anything, really, barbecue-wise. Nice, you know, bark or crispy texture for those that know what bark is on the outside and then soft as fuck on the inside. That's how I like mm. to roll. But, yeah, I'll use the I'll use the spray to equalise the temperature. So depending on your smoker, you know, you got you don't you generally know where your hot spot's going to be, once you, especially once you run it in and all that sort of good stuff. And I'll I will spray it just to equalise the temperature because the outside obviously gets way hotter than the inside. Yeah. And that balances out a little bit so you don't get too thick of a bark or too dark of a bark. But yeah, that's when I'll use. Do you ever use apple cider vinegar for brisket? For the spray? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. Stalking, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Apple cider vinegar and yeah. beef stock is just my general yeah, go-to. Yeah. 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 And my other little hack is I'll put some straight red cordial in there. Oi. It gives mm. a bit of colour. Jeez. And but. If I'm doing that, it'll only be towards you know the last hour or so of the cook because the sugars will burn. Yeah, and that gives it a wicked red. So, yeah, that's comp stuff. Cool. If I'm doing pork ribs, I love the red color on yeah. pork ribs for competition. Yeah, right. In a twelve-hour brisket, will you wrap your yeah, brisket? Was... Yeah, I'm a I'm a serial wrapper. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like to fucking wrap because it's called the Texas Crutch. That's the name of it. That's where it came from. It basically just steams it. That's all it does. Yeah. You're not adding moisture to it, but it's stopping it from getting drier and yeah. it speeds. Yeah, it speeds up the cook. So, will you crank your temp up once it's wrapped? I only crank temp, whether it be charcoal, or whatever, or if it's a pellet grill at the comp, because I'm running out of time. It's the only time. Yeah, I'll, yeah, because you can sort of get a ge yeah, gauge for it. I'm feeling it with my skewer, or whatever, going. Oh yeah, it's starting to loose up. I reckon it's about three hours left. Mrs. wants dinner on the table. Fuck Ooh. shit, I better get my ass into gear. I'm gonna have to throw more wood on, or yeah, if yeah. it was that comp, that's when I would crank the temperature up there. So I only do it. Specifically, because I'm running out of time. That's it, the only reason. Is the idea of wrapping like um, obviously the bark is set and stuff like that, and you're not going to get any more flavour out of that because it's it's sort of formed a, a crust. So then you wrap it to then make the meat better itself. Is that the whole? Is that the understanding of wrapping nah, it, or well, what's the? Not so much anything to do with like um, you know more yeah you know, not being able to get more smoke or flavour or whatever. It's okay. purely just to steam it. That's literally all it is. So we have a little bit more tender result. It's not, you know, night and day or anything, but you know, when it comes to ten to twenty percent, especially if you're doing comp stuff, that's mm. that's a big fucking deal. And like I said, I'll wrap it, crank the temp when I need to. You know, I'm running out of time or whatever. Yeah, the yeah. steam it help break down the muscle a bit more, doesn't it? It does a little bit to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. yeah, and obviously it's just a fine tuning thing because you don't want to. Not that you probably lose all your bark, especially if you had good bark to start off with. But yeah, you mm. just you know you might do it for that last couple of hours just to fucking rip in and give it a little bit retain the moisture a little bit more yeah do you reckon that um idea of the smoke getting into the meat you know how they go oh nothing else gets in pretty much after four hours do you believe in that oh there is a fucking nerd scientific thing for it that i read once but because i've got a memory like a you know fly screen or submarine i can't remember exactly but i'm pretty sure it just it can keep fucking you know compounding itself the flavor of the smoke so it doesn't just suddenly magically stop penetrating mm. or adding to it yeah i've definitely had stuff that's been over smoked and then you got yep. people saying that so that's not the length of the smoke. That will be because the wood's been burning incorrectly. Like oh, you haven't had enough yeah. oxygen yeah, to feed it. Right and yeah. 
if, if this is you personally, you probably, at that point, if someone said it's been over smoke, you would have seen like smoke fucking pissing out your smoke, or like white smoke, which is dirty smoke. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, that's interesting, eh? What about the, like, what internal temp are you aiming for for your brisket when they're taking it out? Because we're nearly ready for the rest, yeah, the rest stage here. Well, that's the thing. There's, there's, it's um, When it comes to brisket or those big long cuts, there's no magical temperature. Like a steak, oh, yeah. right? Like for us, 55 Celsius for a red meat steak, bang, that's medium rare. Pretty much, you know, within a couple of degrees. It's very precise. Brisket, it's all about feel. So yeah, as right you right, progress through cooking barbecue and all that sort of stuff, you'll go off feel. Like I don't I only use like I said, my probes just because I'm a data nerd, like to learn what it's doing. But I'll get a metal, metal skewer and I'll know it's ready, ready when I can push through it and it feels sort of like fucking warm butter or warm apple pie. Yeah. Don't worry about my, what my fingers are doing. But yeah, yeah honestly, I, was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of fucking American pie in my head. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. honestly, yeah, yeah. When it when you can push through and you got little resistance throughout the whole brisket, yeah. that's that's just when you know it's ready. And that would generally be about hundred. And this is, you know, very vague, about 100 Celsius, 95 to 100 Celsius internal. But it's the feel. That's when you're fucking ready to go. Yeah, unreal. We did this one once and um, it come out like corned beef. Like, like it pulled apart. It was like a home. It was, uh, how do you explain it? Yeah, the, it was cow off the property or whatever yeah. and they butchered it up. I reckon it was someone done a silver side or something and claimed it was a brisket. Was it pink on, so- on the inside? Yeah. Yeah, they were just hunt- it's been brined, definitely. If they've brined it and they've brought it over saying yeah. it was the brisket, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So we cooked it like a brisket. You should have seen how salty it was. But oh, don't they, yeah. But it's don't, been brined. Don't they corn, they do corn briskets though. Well, that is a big cut yeah. that they use for corn. Pastrami, meat. like I admit, yeah. yeah. Pastrami brisket. So I'll brine it. Like I'll get a normal brisket, so it's yeah. You know, it's okay. Raw. So it probably was a brisket, bro. It would have just been corn, like corn meat. Yeah, but it actually like come off like the, um, yeah, all stringy. Yeah, well, you can cook a normal brisket just like that without yeah. being brined right. and it'll have that same texture. Yeah. It's just what I would say is overcooking it. Like, yeah, you go right. to it super tender. You might use that for pies where there's nothing nothing wrong with it, but I'd mm. say that's overcooked. That's probably where you got that from. But, yeah, yeah you definitely brine like, make, when you're making pastrami briskets, which I've done in the past, yeah. Um, the rest phase, mate. So after you've done that, you're yeah. happy with it. How long would you recommend to fucking wrap it and let it rest for or whatever? Goes back to the fucking Mr. and Mrs. How long have you fucking got before you're going to get spanked? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. My rule of thumb is I'll allow about two hours. So, yeah, righto. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people will rest in eskies and all that sort of stuff. And we're talking about at home here. But probably in the last year or so, I'm like, well, why don't I use this big fucking metal thing that's been cooking the whole time but just shut the thing down? Yeah. It's going to retain heat for about a couple hours, but it's not going to overcook it because I'm going to shut the fire down or whatever, I'm, or the charcoal down instantly. And it's just essentially like a low temperature oven or like an esky. So I'll just have my smoker. I'll shut it all down. And I let it sit there for about two hours, and by the time I pull it out, the, you know, the smoke is probably around 50 Celsius, like a mm. like what would be in the inside of an esky anyway. Yeah. So about a, two hours. If you get a pellet grill, people, you just turn it into a shutdown cycle <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah, good stuff. Well, mate, surely that gives people a pretty good rundown of how to kick a fucking brisket off, eh? Fuck fucking yeah. Oath. Yeah, that was good, mate. I've, I've probably done you know, five to 500 fucking videos on... I've done some real detailed ones as well that'll go for you know, your 10 minutes you know, step yeah. by step. So people feel free to fucking message me or whatever and I can point them straight to the video if they want a bit more. Yeah, for sure, yeah, mate. Articulate I, a bit better. I think it'll be good though for some people because like I said, I can guarantee you, people like myself who are sort of keen to dive into the game but there's so much shit going on all the time that you sort of don't know where to start. So I think it'll be good for them to fucking, you know, and have it a could, bit of a place to start off. And it can be daunting too because you're yeah. like, fuck. Like, firstly, it's a new skill. I don't know how the fuck to do it. 
it's fucking comes down to coin at the end of the day as well. You're like, yep. fuck, do I want to spend whatever, 80 to 150 on a big slab of meat? Yes, it might feed me for a week, but do I want to buy that and fuck it? Well, the financial advisor too is going, fucking what? You're going to spend that much? Imagine if you fuck it. CEO <laughs> finance is fucking like on you, like, you know, shit to a blanket. Like, So I think, you know, asking questions for someone that's done it before watching videos, all that sort of good shit will mm. hopefully get you out of the fucking strife to start off with anyway. Yeah, for sure, man. It's an expensive game. Work your way up to the brisket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be my advice too. Yeah. If you've never cooked anything, but you've just bought yourself a new smoke and you listen to this going, oh, yeah, fuck, I'll fucking bang out a brisket, I wouldn't do it first. Yeah. I'd what? go something like it's a pork butt. Yeah. So yep. that's like the top of the shoulder. So all the butchers out there would know it's – I think it's an American term, don't quote me, but Boston butt. Yeah. Um, so it's the top part of the shoulder, heaps of intramuscular fat. It's a secondary cut <coughs> um, and you can cook that low and slow, but it's very forgiving. That's the yep. main thing. It doesn't have much lean meat in it. Like a brisket's got fatty and lean, like the two different muscle – um, part so I would honestly I would go something like a lamb shoulder or the pork butt if you go to your butcher or wherever you are Costco if you got one of them near they they got sort of everything in the one joint if I can hit one of them up I'll go a pork butt to be honest yeah well that's the guy that's a good starting point for you out there and for me too I'm soaking <laughs> all this shit up as well mate, anyway. <laughs> um, mate have you got a couple of just favourite recipes just off the top of your head that yep. is just a go to for you you know yep. like without even thinking you go boom I'm gonna nail this right a brisket cheeseburger pie alluded to it before pies are fucking good no matter yeah. what no, no, no matter what they say fucking get, a pie, get a pie down your neck Quinny yeah. <laughs> um, and the best bit about it is you can fucking use your leftovers and that's exactly what I won't cook a brisket specifically to make brisket, brisket cheeseburger pies Yeah. Um, you can use fucking whatever red meat um, and that idea popped into my head years ago because I was like fuck I like cheeseburgers I want to sort of match that flavour profile and it's just you know American cheese um, pickles um, onions, the brisket, obviously, and like yeah. I said before, some a small amount of onions, like, and that's sauteed off first. Do all that, do that with your brisket, make it nice and steamy, nice and soft. Add some gravy to it once that's done. Bang that into your cool. fucking pies. Just use your store bought pastry to start you off. Mm. Short crust for the bottom, puff for the top. That's my go to. Um, layer in the brisket first, then your mustard pickles, then your American cheese, and a little, little bit of white onion. So it's sort of like what you'd expect a Macca's cheeseburger to be like. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, right. kind of like, but it's just got the added depth of flavour from you know, the smoked brisket. That's my go-to when it comes to pretty yeah. much anything to do with barbecue. If someone's like, oh, show us what you got, I go, right, oh, fucking let's have brisket cheeseburger pies. Fuck, mate, you're talking my language there. Mm. Yeah, but hey, isn't there a bloke who had a bit to say about it? Big uh, Gordon Ramsay, mate. Oh, didn't, yeah. didn't you have a bit of a run-in with him about uh, about this dish? Yeah, the cheeky pommy bastard. Um, <laughs> so if you're not familiar with TikTok, you, there's this thing called Duet, right, where you can just sort of like reply with a video to another video. Yeah, It's a fucking thing. And um, anyway, all of a sudden I woke up fucking one morning, fucking notifications ripping off its fucking head. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Anyway, mates are like, fucking, you're going to need to go on TikTok. I log on to TikTok, my account's fucking blowing up. And fucking Gordon Ramsay talking about the brisket cheeseburger pie, has duetted this fucking thing. In typical fucking Gordon Ramsay. And, you know, this is my go-to dish, you know. This is when I'm proper, proper peacocking, you know. I love yeah, this thing. Yeah. And he's fucking ripped me a new arsehole. <laughs> At first, you know, the first, he's like, a brisket fucking what? Straight out, straight out of his mouth, he's like fucking onto me. And throughout this whole video, he's pretty much fucking railing me through the whole thing. And I'm like, fuck off. This is my fucking go-to recipe. This is what I fucking love. I would enter it into competition if I fucking was in that fucking position 100%. And then 
of course, what happens on social media, all the fucking minions fucking see, you know, yeah, millions yeah. and millions of views on his account. They fucking come over and they come to my brisket cheeseburger video, fucking ripping me like some pepper in you. Yeah, fuck it up. <laughs> just cracking the pepper over my face. Like they've just tasted the fucking thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's fucking wild. I'm like, you just listen to him fucking rip me just because mm. the way it looked. But yeah, he, f- he fucking fed me. The yeah, right. Still but, pumped with it though, aren't you? No, it's, yeah. yeah. Fucking no. It's a bit weird, like you think he'd have to try. It's prime. I love the idea that he's just doing that. But any publicity is good publicity, right? Like you would have got a fucking heap of people come and check out your page from that. Exactly right. And even people asking simple questions like, how the how did you actually cook that pie? Like, what was your pie maker? And blah, blah, blah. Mm. And fuck was like, wish I had a pie maker. I reckon I had, I don't know, 50, 70 messages directly asking about just my pie maker. I'm going, fuck off. You know, open a pie making. Fucking, you know, contraption business or something. Jesus yeah. Christ. All yeah. from the back of this guy giving me a fucking tearing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check out the video after this. Yeah, type in Aussie Q brisket cheeseburger Did he give you any up. positive? Fuck, I don't fucking think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be weird to see Ramsey just start a duet saying, love this dish, go get amongst it. Yeah. No, it's no pretty, that's not right, his yeah. style. No, yeah. no, no. Definitely. No, that's right. That yeah. would have been a bit of a blowout for you, though, man. Just going, fucking hell. At least when they clicked on and they would have seen all your other stuff you're doing as well. So yeah, they would have hit a follow button. That's the fucking theory. Oh, yeah, definitely got follows and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's Fuck the fucking yeah. theory behind it. But one of his comments was right at the end, as I'm cutting it, so I like to have a crispy pastry. Like, I'm not a fucking soggy pastry fan. I don't know about fucking you boys, but yeah. I like to have fucking crispy pastry. That's you too, Quinny. And <laughs> I fucking cut through this thing. I'm like, yep, it's crispy on the top, a little bit soft on the inside. Fuck, yeah, fucking good. It's like, oh, it's fucking overcooked. I'm like, fucking what? That's fucking 10 out of 10, mate. Fucking yeah. calm down, champ. Better fucking go to the knuckle with Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking uh, yeah, no, that's fucking good stuff, mate. Any other favourites for you, you reckon? Yeah. Well, that's your, that's your staple. That's, that's my main one, but yeah. probably... Birria tacos, yep. which you might get to fucking experience after this. Yeah, very um, excited. It's more complicated than everything because there's a lot of different spices and stuff. This thing, the recipe, birria, started in Mexico. So there's a lot of different chilies and things, which are a little bit Ooh. harder to get in Australia, but Amazon's fucking... Where do you go gone. get those dried chilies? Amazon, boom, straight up. So you can't just go to Woolies. I can't find them anywhere. You can get your standard one, standard chilies, yeah, 100%. Dried ones, you can get them from Woolies, Coles, like all those kind of things. But if you want those Mexican chilies, don't, I'm not even going to pretend to try and pronounce it for mm. those, the different names. Um, Amazon, it's crazy. It'll cost you like five bucks a packet delivered to your door. That's where I get all that sort of crazy stuff. But Birria Tacos. Mate, I'm keen to fucking try it. Are, are you the first Aussie to fucking do that recipe on a YouTube, you reckon? Birria Tacos? Yeah. Nah, there's been There's been, there's been a few, yeah. yeah but... Because they all got to source those chilies. Like, not everyone records their videos. See, so obviously, there's fucking jets out there that are doing crazy shit. There, yeah. you know, that competes there more often than I do, and they're doing all kinds of wild stuff. But his old mate's probably nailed it, and he's just peacocking around the house. Yeah. And his missus just goes, "Fuck's sake!" <laughs> Did you enter anything in at Meatstock, or you just there as a? Um... No, I was just there as a punter. Like, yeah, 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 going around. So I've I've competed four or five times. Like I said, like I'm the, you know, the comp slut, the meat slut. Someone <laughs> yep. needs a hand, I'll fucking give me a call, whatever, like just stare a man down and I'll just come and give him a hand doing whatever they need to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah tacos. Right. Whew. Oh, mate, I think I'm, and I'm the lamb keen too. to try them. Fucking oath. I think I'm keen to do like one of those meat stock things. Obviously, the biggest novice ever. I'd be more keen to go and join a team like as an extra just to come and watch how it all goes. Like just to literally help where I could and fucking watch because I'm just interested in it. It'd fluffer. be fucking cool. Uh, yeah, my- fluffer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 my first competition that I entered, which was that Port Mac one, you know, I was 
brought in as the fucking the meat sleuth. Mm. And that was exactly it. Yes, I obviously knew how to cook barbecues. Yeah, I'd been doing it for a few years. Yeah, the American style. Before that, that's why they reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to fucking give us a hand? We were a fucking man down. But the amount of stuff that I was learning, I'm like, I'll just be the bitch. I don't care. I'll fucking trim the fucking chicken skins, all the shit jobs. Yeah. Just want to fucking soak up the information. And then, you know, that obviously happened. Fucking unfortunately, I had a bit of fucking cam. I, I went fucking um, first night fever. It was at, like wild, proper, <laughs> paralytic, golem style. Don't know what's going on. Crawling around. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was fucking crazy. I don't know if you want to hear that fucking yarn, but. I don't. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, got invited in. They had the team meeting. That's like, fucking serious business. You know, there's, there's five figures up for grabs kind of deal. And they had a team meeting. They invited it over to in Brisbane where the house was. And, yeah, this is the proteins we're cooking. They had timing sheets, you know, the whole works and jerks. And I'm like, yeah, no dramas. Right, I rocked up to the competition, did all the fucking bitch jobs just like I expected I was going to do. And then because you're starting, you generally work, depending on the smoker, you're cooking probably about over a 24 hour period. So you've got to, you know, tag in, tag out kind of thing because it's a fucking hard slog. You, know, yeah. you fucking fall asleep and shit. Anyway, I was doing a graveyard shift, as you can expect, for the fucking new guy. And I'm like, righto, well, I know this particular smoker that we're on, it's got about a half an hour before I th- need to throw another log on. So I had a bottle of fucking single malt whiskey with me, and righto, I'm going to go fucking piss fart around with the other 100 and whatever it was, 101 teams, I think, the biggest you know, comp outside of America at the time. And he set my watch for half an hour, put the timer on, come back, throw another log on and as I was progressing, I'm just drinking straight fucking single malt whiskey. <laughs> Next minute, I fucking wake up completely fucking naked, shorts around my ankles. I'm going, what the fuck is happening right now? Oh. You know that real fear you get? Yeah, like, what the fuck what happened? happened? Why is my pants down? Because I was going for a shit. No one was fucking assaulting me. Yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I was going for a, going to the shitter and I'm like, fuck. And then it, it just hit me because it was daylight. I'm going, holy fuck. It was my shift and I ended at two. And I looked at my watch and it was things about 8.30 in the morning. Oh. Like proper. I'm fucking, I'm fucking getting sweat just thinking about it. Just throw all my shit on, run straight to the pit. And one of the guys is sitting there real casual. And I'm like, what's going on? Like pretending like nothing had fucking happened. He's like, yeah, all right. Is it brisket? And at that point, because I just put the pork on his pork, everything's all right. So yeah. I'm like, uh, what happened last night? He goes, you know what happened last night? I'm like, oh, Fuck. He's like, you're lucky. I just happened to wake up when you come smashing into the... Because I had these little fucking bungalow things. He goes, when you came smashing in and started to pull your pants down in front of everyone, I'm like, oh, <laughs> must be a shift change. He just walked out. <coughs> so that was a proper first night fucking thing. Wow. Like, oh, there you go. Fuck, I was wounded. If oh, he... Shit. So if he... If he didn't see you do that, potentially you could have just fucked the whole operation. Fuck, fucked everything for the whole team. <laughs> and I'm the ring in too. Right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. That's even worse. You would have yeah. got proper dragged over the coals. Yes. <laughs> it was just pure fucking luck. That I, I must have just funny. had my timer on and I walked back. Oh, yeah, timer's on. I go for a piss or a shit and then I've just passed out cold. Pants around my ankles. That was fucking Fuck horrifying. Wow. Well, yeah. well, that's <laughs> unreal. Hey, mate. I reckon we should fucking get into a couple of these uh, guest questions. Now, we've actually done a bit of a revamp here. Okay. And we've got um, a couple that we've done normally, but the trendsetters helped us sort of pick a few that um, we've chucked together. So we'll run run through these, mate, to finish off. Go for it. Um, the, old, the old faithful, have you ever been arrested? I haven't, but fuck, I can tell you. Son, 10 years off. In my younger days as a young soldier, you can imagine we get up to some, we fucking play up. Oh, I could but, imagine. But, yeah, 20 years ago, there wasn't any mobile phones. Mm. There was not mm. much recording going on, so we got away with a lot of shit. Mm. I guess the closest I've ever come is I was at a outside of a nightclub in Townsville and I was pissing on a wall. It just happened to be the wrong wall because there's like 
um, an inlet and across from that is like fancy apartments. And they had been complaining, complaining to the cops that people kept coming out of the clubs and fucking pissing on the wall. Because mm. that was me. And then I hit this, you know, crunch, crunch, crunch on the gravel. Turn around, there's a fucking cop right at my backside. Oh, no. So that's, uh, no, I haven't been arrested, but that's probably as close as I had to go to court and all that. Because it's yeah, public indecency, which I was fucking dark about. Yeah. But yeah, that was probably the closest I got. Yeah, yeah right. Well, that's pretty good, mate. That's yeah, it's not bad. Um, what was your first job? Reefer. So installing... Um, Insulation. I think it yeah, was, right. fuck, it was fiberglass insulation. Oh, that was a oh, fucking hell. Can't have a job. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, fucking screw some fucking CGI down at that time, put some stuff on. No dramas, no way. I started in summer, so, you know, I've got this fiberglass shit stuck all through my skin. Oh, I'm going God. in the shower, scrubbing it off, going, this is a fucking wind up. Like, this is absolutely insane. That yeah. was my first fucking job. How long Get did that. you last doing that? Oh, fuck, about six months. Yep. Did you? Yeah, six months. Six That's mu- a good slog doing that, it man. That's fucking right. And rough. I was, because, yeah, being, I was 18 at the time, so I was the bitch, like everything. And I yeah. was fucking one, hauling this fucking shit up the ladder. I wish they had a fucking told me, don't throw it on your shoulders. I was wearing a singlet. I was just oh. getting, at the time, it just feels oh. like this fluffy, nice stuff on your shoulders. Yeah. And then, especially compared to carrying the fucking, yeah, the CGI up the roof onto, off the You're ladder. You would have been the itchiest fucker on it earth. Fucked. I feel fucking itchy. <laughs> <Yeah. thinking about laughs> me too. <laughs> wow, that's a fucking wild one. Yeah, that was my first one, yeah. Good stuff. Mate, now this is a good one, I think. Yep. You can invite any three people to dinner with you, dead or alive. Who are they and why would you invite them? I'll start off with my old man. Yeah, he's, he's gone now. So he died very young. Yep. He was 55, so, um, yeah. I was young myself, so did, definitely didn't expect that to happen. Mm. Yep. Um, and I guess being in the, the military and stuff, and he was a, you know, a single parent growing up, he was pretty fucking hard. Country lad, grew up in Chidlow, WA. Um, his granddad, you know, my, or my granddad, sorry, his dad was fucking you know, hard as fucking nails. So it sort mm. of, you know, that's the way it sort of went. Mm. And, um, yeah, when I joined the army, you know, you get to see him very often. And then, yeah, fucking bang, he was fucking gone. So I woke mm. up one day and got a message. I was actually overseas deployed at the time, so they had to bring me back for that. Fuck, that was pretty mate. shit. So he'd be the, the first fucking cab off the rank. Yeah, for sure. Just to you know, give, try and get him to have a beer because he was fucking weirdly enough, wasn't a beer drinker yep. or anything drinker. No smoker, no clean as hell. Yep. He must be the only country lad that didn't fucking hit the piss. Mm. So I'd be forcing him to have a beer. I guess that's probably the first thing I'd do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, bit of a basketball nerd. So yeah, growing up, Chicago Bulls were in their ear. So yeah. before your time, like I was, I'm fucking 41. So in the mid 90s, yeah, Chicago was fucking crazy. So Michael Jordan, have to be Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. cool. And we'll just send mics off so missus can't fucking hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck, what's it? That, that fucking chick from the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. The, Margot the Robbie. Margot Robbie, holy yeah, shit. Get up yeah, yeah, somewhere yeah. sitting around the table. <laughs> <laughs> we're Bring not, not going to be friends. So I'm like, so my, my dad and I are obviously high-fiving each other because he's yeah, he was a single man for quite a while. So he's like, holy fuck, yeah, good fucking yeah. turn up. Yeah. So yeah, mate, they're the three, yeah. Mate, that's a fucking pretty good... It's uh, a good lineup. Yeah, that's a good yeah. lineup, brother. Fuck it, nice. Good shit. Um, mate, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Advice you've been given, Ooh. you reckon? Jesus, fuck, that's a fucking tricky one. Yeah, we probably should have sent you some, <laughs> some lead up, you know. I but. guess probably thinking of my army career because I've yeah you know, been in for a while. I'm in that leadership kind of role. Um, when I first became what's called a non-commissioned officer, so your first sort of like a um, a foreman, I guess. Yeah, your first sort of cab off the rank. Yeah. Um, I had a really, he was a sergeant at the time, so much more experienced than what I was. And I said, you know, fucking hell, this is a big, st-. I mean, I've gone from being, you know, the bottom of the totem pole, or now managing, at the time, it was fucking eight dudes in my section. 
going, what the fuck do I do? How do I interact with them? It's a completely different kettle of fish. And he just said, what's your leadership style? And I said, fuck, I don't fucking know. He goes, just be your fucking self, but just remember you've obviously got responsibilities, but the main thing is fucking look after your boys. Because at the time, there was only males with us. Yep. He goes, just fucking look after them. They'll look after you. Job done. So yeah. that, is, that just sticks out in my mind. Look after your boys. They'll look after you, and then the job's just going to be done from there. Yeah, yeah that's good, eh? Yeah, that so that always good. sticks out. Yeah. yeah, fucking oath. I think that's a big one too for even anyone into leadership roles, you know? Like you yep. find those managers or something, and it's – one of those things, I reckon, it's not about being a hard ass or whatever. Like, I respect so many people who have been a real straight down the line bloke. But yeah. I think if you know they've got your back, if you do the right thing by them, that's the big thing that counts, eh? 100%. And it's even changed, like I said, from when I first joined, you know, my bosses, fuck, they were fucking hard as fucking nails. Like, really fucking hard. But the, the generation now, they're, they're different, regardless mm. How good or bad, whatever you might think, you've got to act differently towards them. You can't engage the same way as oh, I just copped a belting and I'll just go and do it. If you did that now, fucking blinkers run, even in the army, go, I don't care what the fuck, they're just tuning out. You've got to be able to be on their level, you know yeah. what I mean? Give them that autonomy, give them the ability to be able to do their own thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, mate. Um, what's on the top of your bucket list, mate? Ooh. Fuck, it's a fucking big... That's a fucking open-ended question. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not going to say any more about fucking Margaret Robbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, but if I think about like a cooking fucking scenario, I'd like yeah. to go somewhere random like Europe or something, right, where they're in... I'm picturing myself like in a countryside kind of environment mm. and they're cooking goat. The way they've always cooked goat for a thousand years, or whatever, and they add it to say Italy, whatever. They yeah. cook some goat low and slow. They're over a rotisserie fire, adding it, adding it to their fucking great nonna's pasta recipe that's been you know, passed down since fucking Caesar or something like that. Dive I into guess some that's, culture. Yeah, hundred percent. That would be something similar, some sort of odd mm. cultural cooking thing, sort of like what I had with the the Gurkhas in Afghanistan, because that was something that you'd fucking take in and you really remember. Fuck yeah, yeah man, that would be unreal. Um, Finishing off, mate, we left this one in. Are aliens real, in your opinion? Fuck, they better be, because I've been waiting this long for someone to inspect my sphincter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They've fucking got to be, right? Going back to the old man, I remember he said when he was, I think he was 20, 21, because he grew up in a country town, very fucking quiet roads, you know, you can see everything in the sky, and he's told me fucking over and over that he swears he saw an alien. So he was stopping at a railway line, and the railway line's out in Chidlow, if anyone knows WA, yeah, you'd be sitting there for five, ten minutes. And the train hadn't gone past yet, so pretty, pretty fucking quiet. He said that he saw lights over his head, turned his fucking car off, and there's an old brougham or something, which is like a, yeah. the car before a Kingswood, turned it off, and he said there was just lights above him. About 30 seconds later, boom, gone. He's like, well, what the fuck else could it be? What on earth could it be? Especially at that. That was a bloke who doesn't drink. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, and, doesn't like, <laughs> and doesn't smoke so, anything. Yeah. <laughs> So to me, I'm like, well, that was you know, the start of it. I go, oh, fuck, maybe they are real. Yeah. If we're living in this universe with, oh, fuck, mate. I don't even know, stupid amounts of fucking planets and mm. solar systems and stuff. If there's not some other people out there doing something similar to us, I'll be fucking disappointed. Yeah. Uh, That's where I'm at too, brother. Fucking I. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely Cook an alien out barbecue out there somewhere. Yeah, come show us how to low and slow, bro. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mate, honestly, thanks so much for coming on today. I've had a great time and picked up a lot of things myself, and I reckon a lot of people would have too. I'm pretty keen to get out to Camp's place and try some of these fucking uh, 
little tacos. Well, there, what have we got on for the salve? Yeah, well, I've got we've got a couple of options. So I've, I've pre-cooked the birria tacos. It's yeah. just yeah. a quick reheat kind of deal. Yeah. So you can have them as a little fucking little entree, so Ooh. to speak. Yeah. Um, and then I think I heard you say you didn't like pork belly. Was that fucking correct? No, I do love it. Well, but lucky. I said I'm fucking... Like I've been, we've been smashing it. Oh, okay, yeah, a little bit yeah. fucking. Oh, you won't get too much pork belly in yours, but <laughs> I'll fucking a, devour it. I'll fucking devour it. Don't have you worry. had a bun, me? Oh, like, yeah. the, like the bao buns or the bun? It's a Vietnamese dish. That's where it sort of started, yeah. like in the Vietnam fucking area. And basically, it's a crispy bun. You can put all different kinds of stuff in it, cold cuts. But I use pork belly, season it up, yeah. cook it on the Weber, um, then use pate, uh, Japanese mayo. Yeah. Um, Maggi seasoning, which is sort of like a soy sauce kind of, like real umami flavour. I've got pickled the carrots the last couple of days. Add some cucumbers on, so it's real fresh. You got mm. sort of the fattiness from the uh, the pork belly rips through, and I think you'll like it. Well, mate, we better fucking get stuck into that. That sounds unreal. Um, before we go, mate, give everyone a fucking plug on where they can find mm. you on the socials, all your stuff like that, mate. Check out your meat rubs. Yeah. yeah. Where, do they, where do they go to get onto it? Yeah, so if you want to have a look at the rub side of things, I've got recipes. Um, Japanese nozzles, sort of crap. AussieQ.com.au, that's my website. Yep. Uh, socials, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, etc. Aussie underscore Q, BBQ. Fucking that simple. There you go. John, thanks so much for coming on, mate. And everyone, stay the fuck out of yourself. Appreciate you having me on. <laughs> Cheers, John. Thanks, Pleasure, mate. Brother. Cheers. Call them what you want, knee knockers, golden nuggets, thigh slappers. But our friends at Manscapes refer to them as the boys. Not every man has children, but every man is responsible for their two boys below the waist. When your little guys have more hair than they need, trust Manscaped for all your grooming dreams. Boys need love too, so join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com and using the code ALPHABLOKES for 20% off plus free shipping. You heard it here first. The boys are back in town. Every man knows how scary it can get when you're going for the close shave below the waist. That's why I trust Manscaped for all my sensitive areas. Introducing the Lawnmower family, including the Lawnmower Pro 3.0 Plus and the 4.0 Pro and the 5.0 Ultra. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ALPHABLOKES at manscaped.com. For the best your boys have ever looked, trust Manscaped. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.